Hey, one fans, Andy here. We're going to Cisco Live, and we can't wait to see you there. If we see you wearing an A1 or Cables to Cloud shirt at Cisco Live, we'll enter you in our giveaway that includes a bunch of cool prizes like an A1 branded Yeti cup and an OCG of your choice from our friends at Cisco Press. Don't have a shirt? No problem. Head to the link in our bio and grab yours today. See you soon. This is the Art of Network Engineering podcast. In this podcast, we look for tools, technologies, and talented people. We aim to bring you information to expand your skill sets and toolbox and share the stories of fellow network engineers. Welcome back to the A1 Evening News. There's been lots of activity in the community, so let's dive right in. And a highlight this week, local Tennessee man Daniel Richards, known by a soon name Howdy Packet, has returned from a short vacation to an undisclosed location in the backwoods of this great country. While it is unknown what exactly was accomplished on said vacation, accusations are ranging anywhere from hiking, fishing, and general four-wheeling horseplay, all the way up to spelunking. Personally, I think that not knowing is better because it leaves all possibilities to the imagination. Normally, we would check in with Aaron Weiler for the weather, but I'm assuming he would just tell us that it's much nicer where he is than the rest of us. Be sure to check in at the bottom of the hour for sports with Andrew Lapteff. Actually, it's just a live view of Andy hanging out by his pool, but hey, he's really into that thing. Also, later on, we'll go through the community wins, none of which are from me, of course, but hey, that's nothing new. <clears throat> For now, let's kick it over to the A1 Chief Fermentation Officer, A.J. Murray, to lead us into the 50th episode of The Art of Network Engineering. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. I am A.J. Murray. Welcome back. Welcome to episode 50. We are so excited to be recording our 50th episode. Uh, it is a, a momentous occasion for this little podcast. Uh, so without further ado, Andy... How are you doing, man? Uh, you're on location at your uh, your vacation spot. I am. I am in Seattle City, New Jersey. I was on the beach all day today. I feel weird because I'm relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that smile. I think that smile says it all. Are, are we are we talking to Zandy right now? Zen Andy. Zandy. Zen Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I believe you are, and, and I hope he sticks around when yeah. I get back to work. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend that pool is uh, beachside, right? Yeah. yeah. Tim, how you doing? I am well. So we all uh, experienced Father's Day this last week. And you know how we all have the, the joke of you get socks and ties, right? Oh, sure, yeah. Well, I did receive those socks, uh, w one pair of socks per kid. However, these socks had each kid's faces all over ah, the socks. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's cool. So, so in our... Uh, you know, in our community, we have the uh, the faces of the journey. So now I actually get to wear the faces of my journey on my feet. And now that I say that, it kind of sounds weird. But hey, I think it's pretty cool. That's pretty faces awesome. of the my... journey while you journey. Yeah, hey, so my... I like that. <laughs> my wife did the uh, same thing for me on my on my first Father's Day. Right on. Nice. So, that's pretty sweet. Dan, I how are him, you? Showed him off at the uh, office, but. I don't think people got as big of a kick as I did. Out of them. <laughs> One of these Dan, days, Dan, you? you're going to actually have to give us the mystery of, of what you did on this last vacation. 
it it was a bunch of uh trail riding and stuff like that um just doing some nice. off-road stuff you know stuffing things so i was partly stuffing right things. yeah yeah we didn't do any fishing or anything like that but you know it was hot i went crabbing yeah, yesterday and I'm going it, and I'm going fishing tomorrow. Uh, we caught <laughs> we caught two baby we caught two baby crabs and a minnow. <laughs> nice. It was a slow day. It was low tide. You're supposed to go at high tide, apparently. So tomorrow, high tide, yeah. nine a.m. We're in. Nice. Yeah. Every year we we uh, we go down to where my wife grew up, which is in Gloucester, and the Rockport Mass area. And uh, one one year we were down there, like walking around on the beaches, and I found a little tiny crab. And so there's a picture of me like holding this little thing, like, look, I made a friend. <laughs> <laughs> too bad your friend was like probably scared to death probably <laughs> with my gorilla hands grab it onto him ready no to seriously him. he loves me <laughs> i swear what's up with aj this week uh i i got some refreshing news today on that on that massive project um okay Let's it's hear it. it's being put on hold for a little bit thank goodness All so right. so i'm gonna be home for a little bit so what, what's a nice. what's a little bit though uh, just just like a month, we're, we're gonna okay. reorganize, re-strategize. Uh, the customer and uh, and the the contractor team are going to come together and work a little bit closer than we have been to date. <laughs> a little bit more collaboration. Collaboration. Okay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. That's good. So and, and uh, I've been assigned to some other projects. Um, so I, I'll be load balancing a little bit more, mixing things up, and I got some exciting stuff. So a lot of. Uh, a lot of SD access, SD WAN, and ACI coming my way here in the future, which I'm super Ooh, excited about. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Working on that stuff. Yeah, really exciting stuff. ACI boys over here. Yeah. Better you <laughs> than me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, good stuff all around. Speaking of good stuff, we got a lot of wins this week, fellas. Yeah, that uh, list is grown. Yeah, I was looking at that and I was like, man, AJ, did you pack your good? coat. I was just going to say, I'm on the road, and I did not bring my goat. I apologize. You bring, you bring your goat portable goat. <laughs> I should have my goat. I, I blew I it. Mean, I mean, All he right, could I, just like fit in your pocket. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Is that you a goat in your pocket, Dan? We... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got to cut that one out. We just want to like, do a recording of this thing, so that way we can just play it into the show rather than yeah. having to have it. And you know, yeah, it's like, like a it's like a DJ at a radio show where he's got a, like a soundboard, you know, and right, he's got a yeah. drop. Yeah. No, no, we just got to. Now we got to use Dan's voice of the screaming goat. Yeah, yeah. In, in the, the recording now. Yeah. All right, nice. here we go with the wins. Uh, this week, King Doss passed their CCNA. Congratulations, King nice. Doss. Awesome. IT guy Blake accepted a new position as an enterprise uh, tech support engineer for Spectrum. Very nice. Congratulations. Nice. Uh, here's a name we don't see in the winning channel too often. Bill Murray passed his <laughs> Linux Essentials. Oh, yeah, it's wow. been Congratulations, a long time. Congratulations, Bill. It has. It's been a long time since we heard Bill Murray on here. Uh <laughs> Pits to Bytes landed his first networking role. Holy poop. And yeah. he credits the podcast and the Discord for his success. I had a great conversation with Chris after that. I am uh, certainly taken aback for him to to credit uh, the podcast and the community. But he, he said, you know, if I, you know, he, he said he knew himself well enough that without the podcast and the Discord to keep him focused, he probably would have given up halfway through his CCNA. But 
he got a CCNA and now he's landed his first networking role. So he's super excited awesome. and well-deserved. Congratulations. Fitz I think device. that's, I think that's a win for the community too, you know? Oh like, yeah. The, you know, they helped motivate him to, you know, push through. That's awesome. That's it exactly was what we wanted, you know, when we started. Yeah, it, was, it was neat to watch that day. Cause he was like chronicling the whole thing on Twitter when he, when he got through an interview and was waiting on a callback and all the interaction there. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Little Shep 9999 passed their A plus exam. Uh, another, nice. another Linux Essentials win uh, from Seren. Congratulations, Seren. Now, is the Linux Essentials, is that, is that like Linux plus or is that different? You know, I'm honestly not sure. I, I, I think I've heard of it in the past, and it's one of those things like, I got to look that up kind of thing, but I, I keep forgetting to do that. So Wait, I'm, I'm yeah. going to dive back what, into that. What's Linux? <laughs> what's Linux? Start that's there. A wrap, guys. <laughs> All right. And that's a wrap. And Andy got fired when his boss heard this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, K-Mon accepted a new position as an infrastructure uh, team member, team uh, part, part of an infrastructure team in healthcare. Nice. Okay. So, Very nice. Congratulations. I've seen that name, that name quite a bit. Uh, Robin C. Robin Canala passed his A+. Congratulations, Yo. Robin. I didn't know he was working on his A+. Yeah, he mentioned it was part of uh, part of the program he's taking. Oh, school. that's right. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, he's really doing that right because it's like the, the program is you pay X amount per term and you can take and do as many things as you want and it's just the same price so he's just right. knocking it out and fitting in as much uh knowledge as he can okay uh network charles and bob Steele 412 uh so they they won a cisco press contest so cisco press was looking for some uh hints and tricks like what do you do with your uh with your studying mm -hmm. and uh they both won uh some free books from cisco press so Oh, that's Congratulations. cool. Yeah. Really cool giveaway from those guys. Uh, and sneaking in moments before we press the record button tonight, Kingpin Smitty, uh, he's trying to get into IT from an aviation background. And today they passed their N plus exam. So congratulations, oh, nice. Kingpin Smitty. Well, good job. You're one step closer. That's right. That's right. So that's all of our wins for this week. Congratulations, everybody. So are you guys ready? Uh, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of questions here. So, so for, for anybody just joining us, this is our ask us anything episode. This is episode 50. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we've been putting out on social media and, uh, talking in our episodes that we want people to send us your questions, anything at all, and we'll answer it. And we got some really good questions. Most of them are tech focused. Uh, there's a couple of, you know, just, you know, not really tech related, just want to get to know us a little bit better kind of questions. So uh, I, I think we're going to have some fun with this one, fellas. And uh, we actually had some people record on video uh, and they sent us some video. So we're going to splice that into the episode for the YouTube version. Uh, and then we had a couple of people send us just like recording snippets only. So uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, love the engagement from the community and I'm super excited to answer y'all's questions. So we're going to hear and see fans ask us yeah. questions right that's really cool yeah. yeah wow come a long way in 50 and, episodes and... boys yeah <laughs> i got to thinking about that that's like that's just insane an episode a week for you know almost a year now it's just wild <laughs> we had a few roadblocks too it wasn't all 
What do you say, Tim? It wasn't all happy fun times? <laughs> yeah, super happy fun Super time. happy fun times. Yeah, we... I don't know why I keep saying that. Either, I like but it. I guess I do. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's got good. a good ring to it. Yeah, I'm proud of us. It's been, uh, yeah. it's been awesome. Wild rag, fellas. Good job, boys. I love it. Love what we're doing. Well, uh, without further ado, should we jump right in? Yep. Let's do it. Yeah, I'd say we just all jump right. right in. Knock this out. Uh, Jacob from Twitter is asking, what experience made you realize you wanted to get into networking and what makes networking interesting to you? I would love to take that one, AJ, at yeah, least to start. It. Go for it. I'm, I, I, I'm sure everybody wants this one. This was the this is a juicy one. So I actually got into networking and kind of got bit by the bug um, even before my career started back in college. I was going through, I was trying to figure out, I, I knew I wanted to be in IT, but trying to figure out what place or what was even out there. So I went in as computer science, as a lot of us do, because we don't know what else is there. Went through the math, went through the, the programming courses. I was starting to get a little nervous because, you know, some stuff wasn't clicking and I wasn't putting in enough time and doing enough justice. And then I sat in that first uh, Cisco Netacad class and things just literally and figuratively clicked like the, you know, the Ethernet cable. It, it's just making connections, layer two, layer three, things just made sense. And when I was sitting in other classes and struggling with things that just didn't make sense, that did. And that's when the light bulb went off and I just, I had to pursue it. So it, yeah, it, it was, it making sense made it exciting and I've never looked back. I, th I think, I think I want to answer this one too, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe some of these we can we can all answer, but some of them just take you know one at a time. But um, so for me, which you know I kind of mentioned this in in my uh, in my was it our first episode or was it the second episode? I can't remember now. But we were kind of talking about like what got us into networking and all that yeah. fun stuff. Um, yeah. But just in case people haven't heard, uh, it was <clears throat> it was Halo. <laughs> so playing video games that was that was what got me into it and specifically was on my 16th birthday um i hosted a if you want to call it a land party basically we had four xboxes we had a hub and i my my dad rented um these like flat screen tvs which was a big thing when i was 16 years old okay so it was those uh <laughs> we they didn't have flat you know big flat screen tvs or if they did, they were super expensive. But anyways, um, so he rented four of those TVs and rented four couches. And so we had all the TVs back to back and there was like 16 of us and we were doing like Halo tournaments all day. That's and, awesome. uh, but what was cool about that was hooking all the Xboxes together and it was like, oh, wow, I can make all these talk to each other, you know, and like we could actually play a game over that. And then it turned into like playing Call of Duty and Halo on PC and stuff like that. And you could actually host dedicated servers. And I was like, well, this is cool. Like, I want to figure out how this works. And so yeah. that, I just dove into that. And I went to, um, uh, I know you guys talked about computer science majors and stuff like that. I, I went to um, ITT Tech and they had a computer networking systems uh, degree. And so that's what I went into. And it was, it focused on uh, servers, Linux, uh, hardware and then also networking. They had a CCNA type course there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's cool. Work. That was like a real light bulb moment and you yeah. know, just saw that and, and took it off from there. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. 
So that, that was my answer. <laughs> Andy, how about you? Uh, I, I don't think it was one moment, but when I, as a cable guy, was putting all these devices on a network and didn't even, I kind of never thought about it. Just I was just doing my job. And then I got introduced to the CCNA program. And then when I sat in on the Cisco Networking Academy class, the teacher let me come in and just sit in on a class. It's like, oh, wait. It, it, a couple of things just kind of started to come together. I'm like, wait a minute. I think think I could probably you know, do this. But it, it wasn't like one light bulb moment. Just I had a job connecting stuff to you know this ISP network. And I, I, honestly, I think the people that introduced me to the CCNA program probably played the biggest role in like, that would be my moment. This guy, Randy, uh, and this other guy, his name, I can't believe I can't remember right now. Um, if they didn't tell me about the CCNA, I, I don't think any of this would happen. So Andy, do you remember how that conversation started? I, I guess I, I'm just trying to figure out how you're, you're talking with work people and that just kind of comes up or was so, it over time? I joke with my wife. I'm annoying question guy. I've been dogged by curiosity. <laughs> I've been dogged by curiosity my whole. Well, right. How do you do I it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've been plagued by curiosity since I was a kid. So, you know, mm -hmm. I always wanted to know what was going on. Like, I'm putting a cable box on a network, right? And there's an out of band channel sometimes a break. Like, there's just all these different things that you learn about to get things working when they're not. But now I would say, you know, I wanted to get further up the stack, but I wanted to understand like, well, what are these things talking to and what is the head end and what, are, how are these modems talking to this thing called a CMTS and how does it actually get to the internet? Where's the internet? And mm -hmm. so I, I just kept asking people questions. The one guy was a lineman, so he had more experience than I did on the network and he was able to, but yeah, just asking questions, I think curiosity, you know, okay. kind of like we've talked about when you get a new guy at work and he's just all, you know, fired up and curious and asking all the questions you want to mm -hmm. help him along. And I think these guys saw that in me like, you know what, this poor guy. We got to get him out of the field. <laughs> yeah. Here's a CCNA kid. Yeah. <laughs> nice. AJ, do you have one moment? Yeah. Let's hear it. AJ. Uh, one moment. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it was a combination of things, right? There, there was always that curiosity, like, you know, a buddy of mine and I, we, we would always play like PC games together mm -hmm. and, it, you know, we'd always just kind of talk like, how does this work connecting computers together like this? And, um, you know, I, I, hooked up a network in my home you know when i was when i was like i don't know like teens uh and then when i got to college um i didn't really know that i wanted to do it i didn't really know what i wanted to do because I, I had to make like a big career you know pivot like you know what i what i thought what i was going to do changed completely and and uh and so I'm, I'm going to school just doing a general education degree i took a programming class i said well this this it stuff's pretty fun but i don't know if i could program and uh later on i took a, a networking course and you know, I, I would say I, I relate to a lot what you were saying, Tim, how, you know, you just get it like, right. Like it was, it was fun. It was interesting. And, you know, for me, I saw it as like a sustainable opportunity because you can do a lot with a computer, but you can do a lot more with a network connected computer. Uh, so I just saw it as something like I'm interested in this. It's fun and it's never going to go away. Hmm. You know, whereas before <laughs> I was looking at being an aircraft mechanic in high school and, and uh, that took a huge hit. The industry took a huge hit, you know, 20 years ago uh, when September 11th happened. And then, you know, it, it took a big hit last year with the pandemic. So uh, I'm glad I found, uh, I'm glad I found networking. Yeah. We're glad too, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> right. You just reminded me, AJ, during that time, things were coming together for me. I also remember reading that the number of, you know, wireless devices or network connected devices in each home was like doubling mm. each year. 
Oh, and when yeah. I looked at it, so, like you said, like it's not going away. I thought, oh, wow. Like I could see the growth just, it was exponential. And I'm like, this might yeah, be a I... good thing to get into. This isn't going away anytime soon. Exactly. Uh, why don't we jump to our first video question? Ooh, let's, let's do it. Hey, guys. Uh, in the world of networking, obviously, Cisco's a big player. Uh, so I'm wondering what some of your favorite non-Cisco networking technologies are. Uh, you know, Aruba Wireless, Juniper Switches, anything other than the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Thanks. I'm in a ton why, of Juniper, Juniper lately. Why? And I'm, yeah. I'm, there's certain things about Junos that I, I really enjoy, but they yeah. also confuse me. Like in a Cisco box, as soon as I put a command in, it starts doing something. And Juniper, until you commit it, it does nothing. Yeah. It's like the candidate configuration, right. they call it. So that yeah. I, had, I had a maintenance window last week where I was onboarding a DC on our new MPLS network. And I'm freaking out because I couldn't get a protocol <laughs> to come up. And after like 10 minutes, somebody jumped on. He's like, dude, you haven't committed your change. I'm like, ah, oh, commit. Because <laughs> <laughs> then in Cisco, you put it in and it just starts working. So just boom, um, it's there. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I think. I'm liking I Junos. Think for, yeah, I think for mine nice. is uh, Palo Alto's. I like mm. those. And same yeah. concept, Andy, that you have to commit your changes in a Palo Alto. So I don't know if you've messed with Palo Alto's or not. but Not yet. I'd like to. I've seen Panorama. Remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh. If you're in Panorama, you have to commit and push. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, extra step. <laughs> Zones and policies <laughs> and Dan showing off the security. Ooh. <laughs> Tim. Tim, how about you? Uh, one thing that I've messed around with over the last year is an application from a company called seven signal it's called uh, mobile hmm. so it's a soft uh, a lightweight software agent that'll sit on a, a windows or a mac uh, device they've got um, some mobile agents as well uh, android i'm i'm not sure that they're there yet on uh, ios but on those platforms it's just an agent that runs and it's for wireless devices and it really just it does reporting of monitoring, um, so it'll it'll constantly check the RF spectrum to see if there's oh. any uh, any co-channel or adjacent channel interference. Mm -hmm. um, it'll check and see. One thing that's really cool is it'll check to see if there's uh, roaming issues, so you know you can see that hey. Uh, the device is connected to an access point with a really low signal strength, but it can see another access point with a really good signal strength, but for whatever reason, the client's not moving. So, you know, that's probably an issue with the client. And then it can also do um, active checks. It can do ping tests and download tests to things in your network, outside your network. It's, it's a really neat uh, little uh, monitoring and reporting tool. So does it matter what you're running wirelessly? Like, like Meraki, Aruba, Cisco Enterprise. No, it's completely uh, it's completely independent from the environment. Okay. It just runs on the client. I got you. Well, that's really cool. I like. What's Very it called cool. again? Uh, the product itself is called Mobileye, and it's from Mobileye. a company called uh, Seven Signal. Interesting. AJ, do you have one? Very nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, a buddy of mine has his own business, and he's been doing a lot of uh, uh, networking work. He, he, he's he's not a network engineer he just owns his own business doing electrical and security and they, they ask him about networking stuff and he'll usually defer to me when he has questions <laughs> um, but he's been selling a lot of uh, ubiquity and oh, they yeah. have these really cool point to point they call it air fiber mm -hmm. uh, and it's rather impressive uh, so uh, last year during the pandemic a local movie theater was trying to figure out how we going to make this work and so they set up an outdoor venue and they wanted to get internet out to the venue so they could stream movies 
So we hook them up with the Ubiquity Air Fiber. Uh, and you know, to to try to get a baseline of how this how well this works, I did a speed test inside hardwired connected to switch in the movie theater. Uh, we moved outdoors. We got the dishes pointed at one another. We verified we had good signal on the uh, on the UI, and so I hopped on the switch connected to the remote end and did a speed test, and I got the same exact download wow, and upload speed. Nice. That is and, awesome. and we're talking, this was a gig internet connection. I was getting like 966 down on both ends. That's, wow. That's, that's unbelievable. Wild. So it's like, I wasn't, you know, the, the air fiber didn't make a difference. It was beautiful. As long as a bird doesn't fly in front of it, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what happens if right. a bird poops on it, you know? Like, uh, so a serious question, like would rain affect that? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. It was okay. definitely a beautiful sunny day, you know, kind of thing, yeah, yeah. but you know, rain, snow, all, all sorts of stuff will, will bother something like that. And th those things will work at very long ranges. Um, mm. This was a shorter mm -hmm. range. It was going, you know, pro probably across a, a large parking lot kind of okay. thing. It's amazing uh, to get those kind of get... speeds over the air. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah it, is. it was. Yeah. I was expecting, you know, some sort of degradation of the signal um, of the internet connection, but it was nothing. Was yeah. Like, so like if you... Hardwired. If you move your head in between the two satellites or whatever you want to call them, the dishes, could you hear anything? <laughs> can you like, hear the internet? Well, was your head starting to warm up? I know about RF, you hear the dial-up tone? not to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just curious. Because, like, what, is, what does a gig feel like going through your head? I think, <laughs> I think it'll sound like Taylor Swift, Dan, if you put your head between it. I think you Check hear Taylor out. Swift. Check it out. Oh, oh. <laughs> and so, that, my so friends... Quick. It's awesome. Next question, please. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick RF story. I, I, I've been a ham radio operator since I was 13 years old, and I used to love to operate satellites, ham radio payloads on satellites. Yeah. Uh, and they make this really cool antenna called the Aero antenna. It's made out of aero shafts. And on one side of the beam, it, it's, it's two Yaggies together. So if you can picture that, two Yaggie-style antennas together. So on one side of the beam, it's two meters, which is 140-some-odd megahertz. And then the other side, it's 70 centimeter which is 435-ish megahertz. And so a, a buddy of mine who is also a ham radio operator, we're uh, on top of a, a small hill, um, we're operating satellites, and we didn't really pay attention to where I set up with the radio and where he set up with the antenna and where the path of the satellite was going. And as we get towards the end of the satellite pass, I key up to start talking, and I felt this intense chest pain, and I look over and like, my buddy's just pointing the antenna like right at me. Oh, <laughs> oh, no way! And, but like we, we just weren't paying attention because that's where the end of the satellite pass was. It's not he wasn't intentionally wow. trying to like fry me with the radio signal. So you felt it. But yeah, I, I definitely felt because you know a Yagi antenna is a very directional antenna, and so mm. it's like the yeah. full force. And, and I wasn't using like super high power; it was like ten watts maybe. But I want to say one to let me know. I want to Ouch. know what this feels like. <laughs> like. Well, Dan, when you come up next month, I'll be happy to point it at you. <laughs> okay. It's like, my body's ready, AJ. <laughs> Hit me. Tim, they're going to be tasing each other and shooting each other with satellite radio <laughs> waves. God help us. Well, I, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even have words right now. I want to taste that 5G. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, I have to say one more thing about Juniper that I love is rollback. Oh, yeah. No matter how I much mean, config you jam in there and break stuff, one command rollback and you're right back to the, the last state you were in. It's gorgeous. Hey, I love it. Is that all there is uh, to it? I'm not familiar. Is it, uh, is it, is it, you don't have, you don't, you don't, no, you don't have to know everything out like a Cisco. If yeah. you put 500 lines of code in and you want to take it out in a Cisco, it's going to take a while. 
Yeah, you five hundred lines of code in Junos, yeah. and you got to back it out because all hell breaks loose. You just type rollback. I don't know if it's one zero. I forget. I don't even know if you got to commit it. That's how bad I so, am. So stuff, it's but... it, it's the code history, right? So rollback zero is like zero is the current running config. Rollback one is so rollback one. You probably uh, okay. So you roll... so you look through your history and see how many lines that you put in, and then you roll back whatever that number of the lines are. No, it, well, so it's just no. changes. So you, you you make a bunch of changes and then you commit it. So the rollback is the the history of the config. So Dan, now you're talking about show pipe compare, where it'll show you everything you added and removed from the config. I'm telling you, Juniper's got it going on. But I'm sorry, okay. AJ, so we probably got more questions. Some of these again. features are starting to show up in Nexus uh, version 10. Version okay. 10 recently was released, and uh, you can look forward to seeing some of those. So okay. Cisco ripped off Juniper. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dylan sent an email in. Dylan asks, where is the best place to start for a young adult who wants to get into a network engineering gig at a big company like Verizon or Google? He says he's already getting experience as a support tech and he's already gotten his N plus, but he's sort of at a standstill as to where to go from here. Any ideas on the guy Andy go. Define, Andy. Yeah, Define I'm going to say Andy's probably going to be the one to answer this because he's probably at the largest company out of all three or four. Of well, us, so. I was my first thought was I didn't get into this stuff until like my mid to late 30s. So I don't know if I fit into the young adult he, category. This cat might yeah, be 17. But I, I look at it more of like, when did you start IT? You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. the age really isn't. I don't think uh, in the question, he's just now getting into Oh, what's in the question? I think a young man. <laughs> a young a man. Young man. <laughs> what do, oh I guess it depends, though, because if you're young, do you have a family? Do you have, you know, do you have a wife or kids? Because right. if, if you don't have a wife and kid, you might be able to travel a lot more and get a lot of hands-on experience, you know, to work towards getting into a, a job like that. We've, we've but if you have a, a family, so what? I'm sorry. We've pounded questions like this ad nauseum. I mean, there, there's no... There's no one answer. Yeah. I don't think there's no one path. You talk to 50 people, they do it 50 different ways. Yeah. You know, to get into Verizon or Google, I mean, you're, you're going to have to have some pretty serious skills. I mean, so like I know um, uh, Cisco Panther, he got mm -hmm. into like yeah. AWS. And the reason he comes to mind is like he got into this big old company and their networking division, but he's a heavy hitter. Like he knows probably 10 pretty heavy duty technologies, including all kinds of programming to like get into that level. You know, I put AWS up there with like a Google or Verizon. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a young guy trying to get into a monster shop, you, you, I, my, I would say skill up, like you're mm -hmm. not going to get hired at Google with a net plus and, you know, a couple years experience at a knock, right? Like, so you're going to have to know if some you stuff. Ever, if you've ever listened to him, Cisco Panther, tell his story about getting AWS, he says something that kind of really sticks out, like trying to get into a large company like that. Be persistent. Mm -hmm. Keep keep applying. Keep applying. Right. You'll eventually mm -hmm. you'll eventually get a job interview, and you'll get in there and you'll learn from them. Like, what are the skills they're looking for? What are the technologies they have? Like, if you get a chance to interview at a company like that, you go in and you ask those kinds of questions, and then that's your takeaways. Like, you probably won't get the job because you don't have the skills or experience with what they're looking for, but you take that information away and you go learn it. I think you'd have to be damn good at networking <laughs> and i think that you'd have to probably know python and or ansible and some like automation platforms like at minimum but to get into I, a shop i would like also that. think like 
at, at an organization that large, similar to where you work, Andy, there's there's going to be teams of network engineers and there's going to be teams of DevOps or automation engineers. So having a good understanding of that stuff is, is going to help, but maybe not necessarily knowing it as deeply. If It depends, I guess, if you're trying Probably to do not the DevOps deep. thing or if you're right. trying to do the network engineer thing. Probably not you. deep, but I'm not sure right. I could get my job right now. Like if I applied today, just that's how big automation and Python has become where I'm at. I don't know if they hire me, which hope my bosses aren't listening, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, but didn't they like spring that on you guys? Like they, they were like, Hey, we're full send in automation now. Yeah. Like, so right. It happened so, while I, guess I was they, there, but yeah, to so, get yeah. it, they've literally like, they've legit said, we're not hiring people without automation skills from this point forward. So, okay. you know, I'm learning them. I'm, they haven't kicked me out the door and I'm learning, but yeah, I would you say, got, you know, to this person, I would say you better know your route switch really well and you better get some automation like you said, AJ, you probably don't have to be a you know a genius at it, but you better be able to get your way around Python and some Ansible, I think. Right. Yeah, I'd heard a tip recently from uh, David Bomble, and I, I think it plays kind of to these bigger companies, and it's to keep an eye on and and follow and skill up in those industry trends. If you're trying to get into the mm -hmm. you know the bigger shops, the cloud, the automation, cloud. all that fun stuff, I, I think especially in those those bigger uh hyperscale type companies security yeah you Definitely. need a specialty right like i talked to Brittany not too long ago and you know our resident recruiter and like route switch is the basis you got to be good at it and you need a specialty whether it's aci or yeah. security or python or you know it might yeah. not have to be automation but you need to you need a specialty and you need to be good at it i think to compete right. at that level i gotcha Agreed. i think all right uh next an audio clip from connor Ooh. hey guys my name is connor and I'm an avid listener of the show. I'm currently an RN at a busy uh, trauma center in the ER here in Lafayette, Louisiana, but I'm looking to go into network engineering. So my question to you guys is from someone who is completely new to the industry, looking for possibly a help desk where even uh, there's a knock technician position available near where I live, what's something I can do to help bolster my resume so that I can get that uh, initial job, take that first step. Thanks. And my vote was for Winston, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> that was the that was the correct vote. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you chose wisely. I like this guy. I like him already. That's funny. So that's an interesting uh, uh, career jump right there, going from an RN to wanting to go into networking. Can I say I something? I would love to. I would love to have that conversation and find out what what tied those two things together yeah so, i was so connor i was I, either going to go into nursing or it show. oh he should be on the show for sure so when i was a cable guy i was either going to go into nursing because i knew some nurses making bank or or it and i just can't handle gore and trauma and stuff so i <laughs> it was it was pretty easy but <sighs> i tell you i tell you what i think one good feature he'll have is you know we, we've talked multiple times about uh keeping cool under pressure and if he's a trauma nurse he said he yeah, was that, a trauma that nurse. That guy right? is yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. at least nobody's dying. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd have to talk to this cat because he's making good IT money, right? Like nurses, right. you come out making good bank and with overtime, you're killing it like over six figures. So I'd be curious why, you know, he'd want to get out of, uh, of what he's in. I mean, he's got Andy, to start from scratch, Andy, right? Like what do you do? Yeah. CCNA and like, I mean. I don't know. I can't imagine having that kind of job with that kind of money and then just starting from scratch in IT. That, that doesn't sound fun. Well, I think we need to reach out to this guy, AJ. Yeah. 
All right. Gonna say, I, I will do that. But why don't we offer him some advice first? <laughs> don't I don't, do I don't it. Know. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why? You know, it's he's got a good job. He's always going to have a job. He's making great yeah, money. What if he doesn't like it, though? I mean, well, he must not like I, it. He, and, I, and money's not everything, he, Andy. The, well, does he like maintenance windows and outages? And you know what I mean? Maybe he likes that kind of stuff. <laughs> he might like that more than like, you know. It's not all super happy fun times over here. Heads busted up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I, I think I don't this know. is a, an interesting trend that we've seen in the past year yeah. that, you know, yeah. yeah, doctors and nurses and people that work in that field took an oath, but a pandemic happened. And, right. and will another one happen again? Hopefully not for a very long time, but that like that takes the the oath to a whole new level. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're taking uh, it home and, to your so, family and all that. I mean, yeah. he's got to, yeah. he's got to start up. Right. I mean, that's the answer yeah. I think is you, you got to go get some search. You got to go build some skills. I'd start with the CCNA. If you're looking at networking, yep. automation, build, build right? some experience. Like, and I, I think the best way to build some experience when you don't have experience is look for volunteer opportunities or in mm-hmm. tech, you know, there's, there's the American Red Cross. There's a lot of organizations that look for IT skilled people to help them out with stuff. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to get some experience when you don't have any. What was that now, volunteer AJ, organization you, you mentioned, AJ? Yeah, you, you've the, done one, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I recently started to volunteer with ITDRC, which is Information right. Technology Disaster Resource Center. Uh, they yeah. have a really cool program going on uh, because of the pandemic. So uh, if you uh, live in an underserved area or if you're a, a community organization or a library or something like that in an underserved area, you can apply for and receive a Project Connect uh, wireless access point that will be installed by ITDRC and uh, they'll, you know, put a, a unsecured open wireless network out for people in the community to be able to come up and use uh, around your, your business or library or whatever the case may be. And one was actually installed in my local town here. Uh, and uh, they reached out to me as a volunteer and said, Hey, we're, we're having some issues with it. The library's having some issues. Can you, you know, go over and check it out? Said, yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, and then I just got tapped the other day to go troubleshoot uh, another one of those Project Connect APs. So, yeah, I, I would say check it out. It's it's definitely worth it. Hmm. Okay. And, and those those organizations like ITDRC, like they're they're getting retired gear, retired enterprise gear. Okay. And sometimes they're they get grants to buy brand new gear, and they're buying stuff like Meraki or Ubiquity or or and and. It's not terribly far off from enterprise type gear, so it's it's good experience. It's networking experience for sure. Yeah, and and I, I was trying to be like half funny there, but you know, I w- I would tell this cat to reach out to us. I mean, we could talk to him, you know, and give him some. I mean, I'd be happy to talk to this guy and try to help him out, right, and, and get him yeah. down the line, join the Discord, like you know, all that stuff that you know, we we got plenty of people that can help him. There, there's a path he can follow. Um, yeah, you know, we can help him get there. Well, I will definitely reach back out to him and uh, see if he's interested in doing an episode with us. All right. Um, Back to our friend Jordan. Hey, guys. I have a question for you about anxiety, uh, especially around changes. Uh, I've been in networking for about 20 years now, and uh, something that I can't seem to shake is just this anxious feeling anytime that I'm getting ready to make a change. Uh, Sometimes small changes, but, uh, you know, the larger the change, the more anxious I get, and Sometimes to the point where I have to back away from the keyboard, take a beat, take a breath, and then get back into it. So I'm wondering how you guys deal with uh, change anxiety, or if you even have change anxiety, because it's uh, something that I struggle with pretty frequently. Thank you. Mr. Bertino. This is me. I I relate (laughs) heavily with this question. And one thing that I've done uh, over the years as I've 
matured in my career. I can't even believe I just said matured, but because <laughs> uh, that's that's not the right word for me. But <laughs> over the years, what I've done, especially um, in the last few years, is I I really focus a lot and hammer a lot on the planning. Yes. Planning and testing, planning and testing, planning and testing. And I know it may sound um, a bit over the top, but I've looked at some of my recent change plans and it is just bullet line for line. I've got show output in there of what's expected and, and what to do. And to me, having that in front of you, having that script, if you will, is just makes the process easy. It, it doesn't leave uh, things to chance. Um, and that makes me a lot more confident. And when I'm more confident, I'm more calm. So to me, it's, it's all about planning and, uh, having support is good to have somebody else look through your change plan, that kind of thing. But yeah, planning is, is my number one thing to try to combat that, uh, change window anxiety. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely echo that one, Tim. So I do the same exact thing when I'm working for a customer, I, I will, you know, lab it, lab the crap out of it until I'm comfortable with it. Uh, and then I'll build a document that's exactly, you know, here's what I'm going to do, exactly the order that I'm going to do it. I'll put verifications in there. And just like you, you know, I'll type out what am I expecting to see in this verification? I've even got a rollback plan. So if I if I get somewhere and I'm not seeing what I expect to see, here are some things that I can do to troubleshoot that. If it's just not working, here's what I got to do to roll back. And, I do the that, same that exact definitely, thing. Definitely helps. What's really helpful beyond that too, is if you can get like a peer review with a senior, you know, somebody who really, oh, yeah. really knows what you're touching. Cause that, you know, my guys find mistakes in my scripts frequently on, you know, on these, but, but the planning and the labbing is, is huge. And I, and I do the same thing with those, you know, what do I expect to see? Cause at three in the morning you know, I'm just running commands and I may forget. You don't want to have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then if something weird happens, it's like, oh no, was that what I was expecting? So yeah. The planning is and, and labbing is huge. Even syntax. Like when I first started, I was terrified of every maintenance window and I was winging it. I was a cowboy. Like, oh, see if, you know, <laughs> here we go. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're new, you Just don't know. And it. somebody gives you the job and they're like, all right, man, you know, and people peer review it, but they're all busy and like, hey, man, it's on you, you know, knock it out. <laughs> but, you know, as years go by and you break enough stuff, you're like, you know what, I'm going to spend more time on this up front and, you know, lab it, research it. And labbing is huge for me. Like, if you're yeah. in a maintenance window and you're putting commands in and the syntax is wrong, you're not doing it right. Like you, you should yeah. have worked all that out ahead of time. And I think one thing to be said too is is that that feeling of anxiety is really nothing to be ashamed about. And it's uh, and one thing that he had said in there that he knows when he's got to just kind of step back for a second, take a breath, um, and then get back into it. That's that's important to know your boundaries, know your limits. Uh, but again, having that that even line by line, I know it may sound uh, repetitive and in, in depth in the weeds, but it helps. It's helped me and yeah, plan and test. I just say uh, yeehaw and send that sucker. <laughs> I was uh... wondering why Dan was being so quiet through that entire thing and he had to have the last word. Hey, there's still cowboys out there. So. <laughs> Go on, get. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Our, our next question comes from Chris on Twitter. He asks, who is the industry, uh, who in the industry has had the biggest impact on your learning journey and why? Two names for me. Yeah. All right. I've got two. I'm wondering if we have the same two. Who in the industry, before I screw up the answer, the question is what, who in the industry had the biggest impact on me? Like on, on, your, on your learning journey and why? Yeah. 
Jeremy Charter and Keith Barker. Dang it, dude. All you right. stole my answers. <laughs> I mean, they, they were the, you know, yeah, they were the guys, right? Like when you're yeah. coming up and CBT nuggets and it's some of the best training out there and uh, the CCNA, right? They're uh, it's just some of the best CCNA training I, I've ever run into that the people that came before me told me, you know, go to CBT nuggets, you know, Jeremy mm-hmm. and Keith. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think it's the best stuff that I run into. I mean, there's a lot of other great content out there, but for me, they're, they're my two they're my two guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they definitely kept me motivated watching their videos. They weren't, you know, they're not dry during their videos, and that was a big thing because, like, reading the uh, the OCGs is just like I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like ch- uh, nails on a chalkboard kind of thing. But uh, they, they, you know, Jeremy is just over the top. With his... See, in my right, in my opinion, just their content won't get you the pass. But right, right. The, the, they, you know. They're bringing that material to life. They're making it interesting. Yeah. And they're, they help push me through that awfulness of the OCG, yes. like you said. It, it's kind of like a motivation, right? It, yeah. it, it it motivates you to learn deeper into like why something was working or why they were able to configure something the way they did. You know, they're like a smarter version of Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like they're motivating it, but they're not just like, "Hey, man, go get it!" Like, rock on, let's get life by the horns. Like, they're you know, they're smart guys who know technical stuff, but they sprinkle that stuff in. Like, hey, you can do this. Let's go get it. You know, here's some neighbors. Isn't this great? Like, yeah. they they make this stuff interesting, which isn't the easiest thing to do sometimes. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But it, I think it's their they they just show their passion for this yeah. stuff, right? Right. Yeah. That's fake the passion. Thing. I don't think. Exactly. Like yeah. Jeremy, he just gets like super excited just about making an ethernet cable. <laughs> like, <and> so <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, uh, what's the word? It's infectious. Can I float a third honorable mention? AJ. It's AJ. Knox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't come up on Knox. I, he's relatively new. I think he's only been doing it a yeah. couple of years. So he wasn't around when I was consuming CCNA material. But but he's my newer newest kind of guy I go to. He's got so much good material on such a yeah. wide variety of topics, and it's all engaging. Yeah. It's got a ton of free stuff on YouTube. If you don't have a CBT Nuggets, like I, when I'm looking for stuff, I usually run into like a Knox video. How do I do this in Eve? How do I do this in like you know? Yeah. How do I do something in Python or like whatever? Like Ansible. He's just got so much good material, and and he's yeah, yeah. he's engaging. He keeps it you know entertaining. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my third honorable mention. I do want to throw out one uh, Cisco Press author, and the uh, a big reason for it was um, actually outside the book, and, it, and it's Wendell Odom. Mm. So he's been writing CCNA books for years, and when I went through it the last time, I got a lot of value from his uh, companion website, his certskills.com, uh, mm. I think is what it is, and he just tons of questions, tons of, of labs for you to to do up. So I think that was probably as big of a factor um, of my learning journey through the CCNA as the, the book itself was. What about you, AJ? Um, I, I can't pin it on just one, you know, person or entity. I mean, for me, it's, it, it's been my instructors in college. It's been mentors. I've had people that I've worked with the community, you know, like I get stuck on problems and I'm, I'm Google searching and I find other people's blogs like hell that's, that's what inspired me to start my blog kind of thing. Mm. And so th- those are all the different things that have kind of helped push me, contribute me or cr- contribute to helping me along kind of thing. And, and uh, I, I mean, obviously you guys have named some fabulous resources that I, I will not dispute or argue with. It's just, you know, for, for me, it's been a combination of things. Gotcha. Well, that's good. Yeah. I agree with that too. 
Awesome. Uh, so Gerard wrote in from Twitter and asked, what is the worst ticket you've ever had to deal with in your careers? I, mm -hmm. I don't have the, there isn't a worst ticket that, that sticks out in my mind, but there is a ticket that I will never forget. Uh, and that was, uh, was working at a manufacturing company and somebody from the engineering department submitted a ticket and in their ticket, they requested that we unblock urban dictionary from our web content filter. <laughs> And the reason they cited was so they could understand and decode their coworkers. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. So was, yeah, it, was it an older that. person or something? Did you forward yeah, that to yeah, HR, AJ? <laughs> <laughs> that ticket gets assigned to the HRQ. Yep. Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they were, I think they were a little bit older. Uh, or, you yeah. know, they definitely weren't hip weren't. or cool. Hey, uh, but at least they were trying. They know? were willing they to were, learn. They yeah, were, they they, they wanted to, to see what the what the lingo was these days. You sure, know, and, sure. Uh, I do believe I received a ticket one time uh, requesting that I reboot the internet. So there's right. that. Did you do it? <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, there's always the funny ones. Nice, so nice. maybe not the. What's the, the worst ticket? I, I don't know if it's the worst ticket, but so we used to use um, a product called WebSense. It was our content oh, filter yeah. Yeah. Way, way back in the day. <clears throat> well, we had this one lady, she worked in the mail room and <laughs> she, she would get like ill, right? Like sassy, just mean, mad, whatever you want to say. <laughs> She would put a request in that she wanted to get on uh, YouTube, and she started cussing us out in the in the request. You know, because because what you could do with uh, WebSense is you could basically say like, "Hey, request you know this this page," and then give a reason. You know what I'm saying? And and so we would get that email with that reason, <laughs> <laughs> and it would just be her cussing us out like, "You're blocking me. You're trying to watch what I'm doing." Yada yada yada, and it's. <laughs> It was like, lady, chill. <laughs> like, it's not me. It's it's what you know. It's the it's the uh, the rules that management put in place. You know, right. we're we're just we're just like the enforcer. But uh, yeah, that was probably, I guess, the worst ticket I've ever had to deal with. Uh, so yeah. Nice. What about you, Andy? You worked in a knock. You probably saw a lot of tickets. It yeah. It's just a two year blur of awfulness. <laughs> <laughs> there is there's no every ticket's terrible <laughs> nice yeah. nice all right here's here's a fun video sent in by a listener hi guys my name's andrew i'm tim's better half i was just wondering what your wives think of your podcast thanks bye <laughs> oh nice that is awesome. Yeah, Tim, did you know that was coming? That that wasn't in the show notes. Oh, my God. That's I amazing. I strategically left that out. I got a that's wonderful amazing. message from my wife earlier today via Instagram. She can, sent me that video, and uh, she said, don't tell Tim. Don't tell, can I, don't tell Tim. Can I answer I was this like, question? Of course not. Yes. Yes. All right. The, the reason I want to answer it is because I just talked to my wife, to, uh, you know, 30 minutes before we opt on here. So my wife doesn't listen, has never listened. And she told me she was going to listen and still hasn't listened, but <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do this without her support. Right. So we're, we're on vacation. We're down here. The place isn't big. They're sleeping 10 feet from me. And I asked her tonight when I saw that the timing might work out tonight, I said, you know, are you okay if I hop on tonight? I know we're on vacation and like, you know, does this ever bother you? Like, 
you know, please tell me, I don't want this to screw up our marriage or our vacation. Right. And, um, she just says something really sweet. Like, you know, I love that you're doing this podcast. It seems like you guys are helping so many people. And like, she's like, I never once like get annoyed that you're doing this. And like, so I don't know. It, it just kind of, it, it, it hit me tonight because she kind of gets it. Like what's been happening, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that that means enough to her that she's like, man, go do your thing. Like, I mean, dude, we're on vacation. We should be like sitting on a deck, having a drink out front, like down the shore. But she's like, you know, I'll go in the back. I'll read a book. And so just the support of my wife, I wouldn't be able to do this, you know, without that. And it's just really cool. So she's not a listener, but she's a supporter. I I wouldn't be here without her support. So Dan. Very cool. Yeah. So I I don't think my wife's listened to a single episode. (laughs) (laughs) She's uh, actually going back to what I think it was Connor. That was the RN. My wife's an RN. And uh, so she's not into tech at all. Uh, But so when, when we first started this, I was like, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to be joining a podcast and she's like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, all right, cool. You know? And, And so I'm, you know, but Whatever, then I told her, <laughs> yeah, right. And then I told her like tonight, you know, I'm like, Hey, you remember that podcast that, you know, I was joining way back when almost a year ago, I was like, yeah, we just hit 90,000 downloads. <laughs> and she's like, it's like the, the meme from the office when Michael Scott's like, Hmm, you know? <laughs> like, tell me more. Uh, I don't know. She, she's definitely supportive of it. You know, she, she knows that it's an, it. when, when I look at this as, a selfish way for me to look at this is like an escape, right? Uh, I have fun at this. This is a highlight. It's one of the highlights of my week, basically. And uh, hanging out with you guys and whatnot, it's awesome. So I think she sees it as kind of like bro time. You know what I mean? So she's definitely supportive of it, though. What about you, Tim? I I can't. She didn't didn't say uh, (laughs) how she felt about it. Tim, I can't tell. Is your wife supportive of uh, doing this (laughs) podcast? She helped make my bongos for the poem. <laughs> she did. That's all. She taped those metal things together. Yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> she she's been incredible. She gets uh, she gets as uh, excited as I do about about coming on here. Um, and she she listens. She she has been listening. I didn't know that she was uh, for a while, but but she has been because she calls me out in <laughs> some of the things I say, which nice. is good. We keep each other in check. But yeah, it's it's the those intros you do that that's kind of weird (laughs) (laughs) you're kind of a nerd yeah Yeah, that's part of it (laughs) no she she's she's been incredible it's uh it's really been cool that it's not just a uh okay yeah go have fun it's you know she asked about it she asked about you guys um it's been really cool and i know tell her i'm doing good yeah i sure will (laughs) And uh, I'm sure AJ is going to tell us. I don't want to steal his thunder, but I know uh, AJ, your wife has been uh, heavily involved too with with merch and whatnot, and and helping us out. So let's oh, hear yeah. it. Yeah, she she's been super supportive, and um, so she's she's recently changed jobs now. So she used to be very customer facing, working at a, a branch at a credit union here in town, and she took a new job where she's now you know back office knowledge worker. So she's not interfacing with people all the time. So she's she's taking the podcasts. 
Uh, and and uh, she has finally listened to some of our episodes, and she nice. said a lot of that stuff is it's over her head, but she enjoys listening to it. And uh, she's she's a, a super fan of Tim's with his intros. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, the other night we <laughs> I was, were. I was gonna I was gonna ask who's their favorite, <laughs> um, but I think I just got the last night. <laughs> We we were we were sitting on the back deck enjoying some drinks, relaxing in the nice weather, and she's just like, "Play the interest, play the interest." <laughs> so, nice. so I like fired up some of the, the past episodes where Tim Stone intro, uh, intros, and she's like, "Do the one where he talks about stretchy pants. That one's funny. That one's my favorite." <laughs> so You're just re- in your so, stretchy pants. <laughs> I'm just realizing we've been talking about like a blooper reel. We're gonna have to have just like a Tim intro loop, you know, that yes. people right. can hop right. onto and just yeah, yeah all, all the intros. Uh, what, you know what's really what? cool is is she's asking questions about the podcast, and um, when when I share with you guys like how many downloads we've hit, I very excitedly share with my wife. And I, I think like early on when it was like a thousand, or you know, it was like wow, cool, way to go, honey. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> but, but now it's like it's a it feels a lot more genuine. Like she's she's like wow, like ninety thousand, like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very very yeah. cool, very supportive, uh, and definitely couldn't do any of this without her her support and love. So. Appreciate it, honey. I'm so psyched that Mrs. Bertino sent in a video message. Yeah. That's amazing. That, that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's that's above and beyond. There. Andy, you, <laughs> you said this a long time ago. I'm, I'm I'm wondering if at some point we could make this work. But I would love to do like a wives episode where, where yeah. they sat around and you know talked about their experience. You know, being married. I think it'd be so cool to have the wives on. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I brought that up to Andrea, and she she would be full send. I think. So. Oh boy, nice. I, she's in. I nice. I don't think Shay would get on here. <laughs> she... Well, I think okay, I get... okay. Here we go. We'll do the wives and Dan. Yeah, <laughs> there so you what, go. What we got to do is is we got to get together. We'll leave them alone and we'll record the conversation and we'll just leave out some wine and the rest will work itself out. Well, right. That's what that I was going to say. That sounds like a terrible idea. Actually, <laughs> I got my wife to agree, but I have to provide copious amounts of wine. Oh, <laughs> right, okay. right. Yeah, God help That's us. I don't know what she'll say. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Uh, next question comes from Steel Network from Twitter. What's your favorite snack? Mm, probably uh, chips of any kind. Chips are like my kryptonite. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I have two. My, my two favorite snacks. I, I want to start this by saying I never eat them together. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, one is beef jerky. Mm-hmm. I love, love me some jerky. And then uh, the other, uh, I like to make this like uh, bowl of yogurt, blueberries, bananas, and a lot of honey. Mix it mm. all together. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, I wouldn't put those together. <laughs> no, no, I, I wouldn't either. I Wait, what either. kind of jerky? Do you like teriyaki? Do you like peppered steak? What? The, there's, a, there's a particular one I'm really fond of right now. It's like a, a honey glazed kind of thing. Mm. Is it is Very it Jack Link's or... Uh, no, I, I would show you a bag that I keep in my desk drawer, but I finished it just the other day. So <laughs> got to restock. I'm a little disappointed that there was zero maple syrup in any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can add it after the fact. Well, that's in every other meal. I can't have it. <laughs> Snacks are for indulging. Yeah. Andy, got a snack? Ice cream is my kryptonite. I got a problem. Oh, yeah. I'm with you, brother. Yeah. yeah I, I, I take a spoon of the container, like there's a half a gallon. I'm... I, I got problems. Like I don't even bother with a bowl. What? Which is there a flavor that you like over the other ones? I love me some Turkey Hill chocolate peanut butter. Turkey I love me Hill some chocolate. Oreo cookies and cream. Ooh, I love. Some I love Oreos me some strawberry cheesecake. Mm. 
nice Mickey some chubby hubby yeah chubby hubby <laughs> now we're going to the ben and jerry's cookie dough you gotta love a good cookie dough um, is the i don't do toppings i don't need yeah i don't really deal with toppings i don't need them i just all that stuff in there is great ice cream yeah dude and the other thing i can eat an unlimited amount of are caramel creams you ever see those things? Or the little I don't cream know what that means. You're talking about the ones that come in the little, uh, they're like a yeah. little foil. Thing. Yeah, just a little round jaw and it's got the caramel circle with a little cream inside. And uh, I can just, yep, yep, I know what you're talking about. My wife okay. gets me five yeah. pound bags of them a couple times a year and they're just trouble. Tim, I think it's a uh, an older generation. Kind of candy. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say peanut brittle. Yes. <laughs> Great way to sneak that one in, Dan. That yeah. was incredible. You know, I was going to bust on you. For... Call me fat, man. <laughs> All right, I had that one coming. We're even yeah. again. All right, AJ. Tim, you oh, you already said snack? yours, right? I, I, beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's a that's a favorite. No, I, I do like. Uh, um, I guess I don't know if they're everywhere or if it's. I don't think it's a regional thing, but uh, they're the little uh, Belvita, uh, little like breakfast biscuit things. Oh yeah, maybe they're yeah, only yeah. around here. I don't know, but they, no, no, here there's too. like these yeah. little uh, cinnamon brown sugar, uh, just little like breakfast biscuit things. Those things are incredible. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've heard of that before. Also, cashews are really good. Oh yeah. yeah, I do like yep. cashews. Yeah, <laughs> salted cashews. Why? Why is Andy laughing right now? I don't know. Just, just Dan. I don't know, just I like the banter. Oh yeah, I, I do like cashews. <laughs> we could just talk for an hour and a half about stuff. Oh, yeah, about food, like man. Like that's my like jam right here. Oh yeah, I like those too. Uh huh. And those. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just go down oh, yeah. the line. <laughs> maybe maybe we should have ended on the snack question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. All right, uh, Carl from Twitter in uh, in office dress code for IT. What's yours? In what's office dress yours? code for IT. Is, is he asking my opinion, or is he asking what is my actual dress code? Or or what should it be? I'm I'm not really sure what he's. For for me, I work from home. Uh, I've never done the working in my boxers thing, uh, <laughs> but right now it's just shorts and a t-shirt. I don't go on video very often, so I, I don't really have to worry about looking fabulous. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, if I'm working from home, just shorts and t-shirt kind of thing. Um, when I'm at the office, we do have a casual dress code at the office. Um, we have to wear like a polo or a button up shirt and then some kind of like khakis or dress pants. I have those, um, what are they? They They're like dockers or something. I don't know. Um, and then we have to wear, uh, dress shoes. We can't wear tennis shoes. So it's a, it's a little bit more strict, but my, my, my company is kind of an old school kind of company They They've got, they've got kind of an old school mentality. So I think that's why yeah, I'm actually really comfortable in like button up shirts and khakis and that kind of thing. So I don't mind all that, but at home, it's usually, uh, either that, or I, I try to do that for video calls, that kind of thing. Uh, not khakis obviously, but that and jeans. And I'm also in the basement, so it's cold year round. Mm. So, do you have like a little heater down there, or do you put a blanket on your legs, or how do you do that? <laughs> I, I I have not graduated to blanket legs, Dan. No. Um, hey, I'm just asking. Maybe maybe snuggies. Maybe I could do it. Yeah. Is that still a thing? I, I think know. so. Um, but no, <laughs> you just got to be comfy, man. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Andy, you're you're of the work from home persuasion. Uh, what, what's your dress code? Yeah, I've been home for like three years now. I guess. I mean, I'm always in a t-shirt. 
you know, sh- shorts when it's nice. Probably some swishy pants when it's a little chilly, you know, and those little, whatever it is, our little workout swishy pants. Joms, whatever the heck they are, though. I call them swishy pants. I don't know what else they are. No, I did too. Growing up, they were always swishy pants. Yeah, swishy <laughs> pants. You know what I mean. But when I was going in the office, it was you know jeans and and a and a whatever golf shirt, some sneakers. Do you ever have to go into the office? No, I'll never go into an office again. No? Ever. No. Nice. I didn't. I didn't know if they did like a quarterly get together kind of thing. I mean, obviously not in the no. last year, but. Well, so right. we're, yeah. Well, we're we're geographically separated. The you know I'm on a new team and. People are all over the place. Auto Macho's in Omaha. A lot of people are in Hagerstown, Maryland. They're, they're just all over Georgia. I think, I think we should do an episode on that some someday. Talking about like because because I that's that's so um, what's the word that's so like dang it <laughs> I hate it when I use a word like that. <laughs> we can edit it, Dan. It's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fix it in post. <laughs> foreign. That's so foreign to me. Working mm-hmm. from home for like three years straight because, yeah. like I said, my the where I work is kind of an old school mentality, and they like people there kind of thing. Oh, I'm in yeah. I'm in finance, dude. They're very old school, you know. Well, well, so for the for the five years I was going in, I was commuting three hours a day. Oh gosh! No. So after oh, five years of three hours okay. a day, bro, I'm I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because all of a sudden, okay. like when my son was born. All right, now we're going on a rabbit hole. But when my son was born, I didn't see him in the morning because I'd have to leave to drive to the train station, to get on the train, to get to the city, to walk seven blocks to the thing. So I didn't see my son, you know, in the mornings for like the first six months of his life. And I'd mm-hmm. see him for about a half mm-hmm. hour before I had to go to bed at night. So I'd give him a bath, you know, every night just to have some time with him. So uh, that's why I love working from home so much is because that time now goes, you yeah. know, to my kids and my family. Yeah. So. I think that's a good note. Yeah. It's, like, that's all. Like, that's probably like- the, the, the best Number one on my list of why I've enjoyed working from home this past year uh, is I've gotten, uh, I've been able to watch my kid grow up basically. So that, yeah. that's been very nice. It's huge. That I mean, if cool. I had an office 20 minutes from me, I wouldn't have a problem going in, but yeah. you know, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, one way. Eh, mm-hmm. I'm good. All right. We're getting off the topic here. here so. <laughs> AJ, steer us Did back everybody in, answer? AJ. All right. Bring us in. Um, let's do. go back to Jordan. Hey guys, I have a question for you around cognitive abilities. So I'm rapidly approaching 40, I'll be 40 later this year, and I definitely feel that I don't have the sharpness that I did uh, when I was in my you know, 30s or, or 20s. Uh, when it comes to picking up new technologies, it takes me a little longer. Uh, when it comes to picking up a new concept, maybe it takes me an extra day or so. Uh, definitely longer than I used to in my, in my prime. Um, so I know some of you are circling that, that 40 age bracket as well. Uh, how do you handle that? Uh, what have you found that helps you get through that, pick up that new technology a little bit faster and, and, uh, maybe make you not feel as behind as I might be feeling lately. I'll, I'll take that question. I'll start. I'm happy to start. Um, I have definitely noticed that. Uh, but what I have also <laughs> noticed is that my brain is like a muscle and so, the more that I practice learning and retention, the easier it gets. You know, when, when uh, I, if I go like a long gap, not really doing anything and just getting into like robot mode, not really trying to learn something, uh, and then I go back to try to learn something. Um, the, the other thing that is not on my side is time, right? Like it, we just got done talking about this answer in the last question. Like we've got a family now. I don't have a ton of time to dedicate to 
labbing and screwing around with technology that I used to when I was in my twenties, you know, going to college and, and stuff like that. So that, that certainly doesn't help, but um, yeah, I, I try to, you know, do some learning, refresh, do some labbing kind of thing um, when I have the, the opportunity to do it just so stuff doesn't go too stale. All right. What do you say, grandpa? <laughs> who's he, who's he addressing? <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, nice maybe tim <laughs> y'all know exactly who i was addressing <laughs> uh how do we deal with slowing down over the years is that what this cat's yeah. asking yeah Copious basically some... like as as you get older you, you're not as sharp so how do you how do you keep that blade sharp i guess copious amounts of cocaine <laughs> Cut no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I had well, to wait because Andy, Andy didn't laugh right away. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my comic timing. I was waiting to see what you guys would do. No, man, I'm, that you know, great. I don't do any that of that crap. Like, um, right on. Whatever works for you. Nah, I mean, it's a, it's a real thing, right? I mean, I drink more coffee than I used to. Um, mm -hmm. it, so, you know, uh, tr you know, trust tree. I mean, it bothers me that I'm on this podcast advertising that I'm in my forties and slowing down because, you know, I may need another job someday. And I hope these people interviewing me aren't like, Oh yeah, you're the old guy who sucks at his job. And isn't as you know, as fast as the young guys, like, you know, I may need a job someday. So uh, it's, it's a trick. It's a slippery slope, but I'll give an honest answer. Um, I find, and we talked about it in the mental health episode, the more self care stuff I do for myself, the sharper mm. I am. So mm. hmm. exercise, meditation, sleep, I used to give up a Vacations. lot of sleep so I could study all night. Yeah. Um, so like this week on vacation, I've been getting eight hours of sleep a night. I've been riding 15 miles every morning, 530 in the morning on my bike, you know, getting like an hour in every morning. And I feel pretty darn good. But, you know, I'll get home. I'll be tired. I might not exercise as much, blah, 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 blah. And I, I kind of start to get like a little foggy. So t to me, it just comes down to the more I take care of my 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 body and mind, the sharper I am. And when I go down the other path of like, eh. You know, I'm going to eat ice cream tonight. I'm going to sleep late tomorrow. I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to, when I stop doing my self-care stuff, I start to kind of feel foggy. So it requires effort. You know what I mean? Uh, honestly, for me, cardio has always been the biggest thing that keeps me sharp. If I'm getting mm. some cardio every day, I feel pretty darn good. When I stop, I get foggy and I start drinking more caffeine. So, so what I'm hearing from you is it's actually not like studying and that kind of stuff. It's more about actually like your mental state and, and physical working out, that kind of thing is what helps yeah. you better with that. Taking care of my health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I mean, your brain's connected to your body, right? If, if you're sitting around eating caramel creams, doing nothing all day, you know what I mean? <laughs> your, your body and brain isn't getting the fuel it needs, but yeah, it, for me, it, it comes down to exercise and if I'm working out. I feel pretty darn good. So, okay. it, you know, it's, it, it's self-care, but it's a real thing. You slow down every 10 years. When I was 20, I was a hell of a lot. I had more piss and vinegar than at 30, than at 40. So, you know, um, but you got to fight that. You know what I mean? There's, yeah, I, I see some old heads that look great. They're out there running marathons. So, mm. you know, you just, you, you got to put in the work, I think. Thanks for including that question, AJ. <laughs> Hey, I, I feel like I have to answer that just as much as anybody else. Man. It affects us all, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years. Yeah, I definitely. So like for me, um, I've noticed myself slacking in the sense of that go getter uh, drive that I used to have when I was like 22. So when I got in IT, I was 22. 
because when I first got into IT, man, it was just hit the ground running on everything. Like any issue, it did not matter what the issue was. I was willing to try to figure it out, right? It, even if it wasn't my problem. If it, if it was an issue no. that I technically didn't even have to answer or look to or anything like that, I would still try to figure it out. And now that I've <clears throat> I've gotten my, my years under the belt, um, I'm definitely not as driven on that stuff as, as I used to be. So I feel like I need to, I probably need to do some, some more of what Andy's talking about doing more mental like meditation and, uh, probably do some physical, you know, cardio workout and stuff. Cause maybe that would, I just feel like I'm getting old and grumpy. Like, I, like I'm not, I'm not like old, old yet, you know, like Andy old yet, but I, I'm <laughs> there definitely, it is. I definitely am getting more like Andy grumpy. I think, uh, <laughs> Hey Dan, do you want to stand up and compare bellies? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't you want might, you to either. Yeah. You might be young, bro, but you look old. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, so I think for me is like, I think I need to figure something out. So uh, to kind of get back to that drive that I used to have. I think the older you get, the less you feel like you have something to prove and you get some wisdom. You're not fighting every battle. Like like you said, if, if it wasn't your issue to solve, you were jumping on it. And then mm-hmm. you get along in years, you're like, eh, <laughs> I don't have to yeah. jump on every grenade. You know what I mean? Especially the ones right. that aren't mine. There's right. some wisdom there, you know, you pick your battles. Are you are you saying I'm getting wise then? I am. <laughs> Even though you keep calling me old, I'm still being nice to you. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. I've got that right, video dude. where you called me fat, dude. <laughs> I've got it on record. I apologize. I'm sorry. It's just one of those things that slipped out. What do we got, AJ? We got a seventh question from this cat. We got a lot of questions. No, from no, we'll, we'll have a fourth. We'll get another one later. So this, okay. this next one comes from Isaiah in the Discord, and he asks, what do you think of the Neuralink implants and how it would affect the world of networking? Would you get one? Mm, nope. Nope. <laughs> this this right here is enough of a Neuralink for me. Uh, I forget right? what it is. It's a chip in your head. Is that I, re- I remember looking at it back way back when. Yeah, I'm what not familiar. I, I think it's just kind of like a like an implant. I'm not really sure. It's it's basically connecting yourself to the network and I, I don't think yeah. I need that. It's it's the way I think I'm trying of it to is, disconnect is, as it is. Yeah. yeah. So I think the the way or the the idea of it is like the matrix, right? Like yeah. When she got in the, or she needed to learn how to fly a helicopter and like, she just, blah, 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 you know, downloaded the, how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> Can you do that again, Dan? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's kind of like what it goes. Uh, <clears throat> I can't talk tonight. I think that's <laughs> along the lines of what, what the question is. Um, but I, I personally don't think I would get one. I, for sure would not get one for like the first five or 10 years of them. Just let them work out all the kinks and everything right. like that. Yeah. All right, but, so uh, obviously we haven't done any research, right? But this thing sounds pretty cool. So like the first Google thing is like, it helps paraplegics with simple tasks, such as using a phone, making mouse clicks. So cats who can't move anything can interact uh, okay. with the world around them with this thing in their head. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it sounds like it has some pretty cool applications. Um, I mean, it's another network device, right? Like, I I, I wouldn't want one. Yeah. You know, I'm, but I guess like, if you flip the tables and you were in a position where you needed one, like, well, that. that's right. That's that's what I was trying yeah. to get at. Is if it solves a problem that I have, 
you know, like my father-in-law, for example, has diabetes type two and he's mm -hmm. pricking himself and, you know, all that stuff. And I know that there's like new stuff where you're like, you can get a subdermal thing and it checks it already. And it tells your phone yeah. when you need something like, so something like Neuralink, like, Hey, if you're, you know, paralyzed and it can help you, you know, answer a door or answer a phone or something, that sounds pretty cool. But, um, I, you know, it's amazing. We live in the future, right? All this cool yeah, stuff happening. And maybe this is, you know, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I think of like if I'm sleeping at night and then all of a sudden I get a, you know, like you know, <laughs> that playing in my, in my head because of the stupid Neuralink. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, my smartphone's you know, more intrusive than I'd like it to be yeah. in my life. I can't well, imagine having something in my brain without knowing enough about it and bringing right. on a lawsuit from Neuralink against the podcast. I think. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I, I'm about to go on a rant here, but oh god, you you have you have like these phones, right? I mean, you, we all know they're listening. They're, they're absolutely listening because you can be talking about a product, and then the next second you're on you're on uh, Amazon, and it's like, hey, would you like to buy this product? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> how did they know to put that in front of me? And so whenever we talk about like. Uh, Neuralink and, and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just get freaked out about it because it's like now, now, you know, I can control what I search in Google, that kind of thing. But if I'm thinking something and it picks up on that, like, nah, I, that's too far for me. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, I think it was AJ. I think you, like you said, I I'm, I'm trying to disconnect <laughs> Yeah, more and more. Yeah, right. I'm looking at the high level description. It's a computer inside everyone's brain. I mean, high yeah. level. Nah, I'm I'm good on that. I'm I don't yeah. need a computer but in my brain. It's busy enough up there. I guess to answer more of his question, he said, "How would this affect the world of networking?" I think it's going to be just like um, you. You know, I, I I listened to some other podcasts and some of the ones that I've listened to here recently. They're talking about the ever growing demand of like. Uh, mobile devices like cell phones and all that so tablets everything that's becoming more mobile um and with 5g and that kind of stuff i can only imagine this being another device like that where they're probably going to use some kind of form uh, form of like ipv6 or something like that or whatever's next in our future but yeah we're just we need uh we need some more of uh of elon space internet yeah <laughs> it's a it's an iot device right essentially right another ip address like, what do you do when somebody hacks your chip in your brain, right? Like, yeah, I, it's, it's, yeah, I'm good. I, I don't want one. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wear my uh, tinfoil hat. <laughs> Some... Could you imagine this stuff you could get away with though? Like, if, if, if I had a neural link and you finally run into that help desk ticket that really upsets you and you're just walking through the office, you know, showing spirit fingers to everybody, it's like, oh, somebody <laughs> hacked my neural link. I can't control it. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I can't stop eating these donuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question comes from Gibson on Twitter. Uh, he's asking about salary. So how much can mm. one earn with the CompTIA N plus and CCNA cert annually in the U.S.? And how much can one earn? Oh, that's the, the same question. So let's let's start that over again. And, and uh, I'm, let's let's keep this one short because these questions are, you know, whatever. Uh, so this one comes from Gibson on Twitter. How much can one earn with CompTIA N plus and the CCNA certification annually in the U.S.? 
Um, I, I would say that that answer is going to vary based on geographic location. What a network engineer makes yep. here in Vermont is not going to be what a network engineer makes in Philadelphia or Omaha or Nashville, for sure. Uh, there's lots of things that go into a salary, you know, the size of the company, how much they can afford to pay you, mm-hmm. uh, how much they want to pay you or how much they think you're worth. Uh, and then it's, you know, cost of living and, and numerous other things. And the other thing that you have to consider is like, the, the total the total package right like there's you know how, how good is the healthcare package it, it, it could be that the healthcare package at one company they might be paying you more but you're paying so much more in healthcare that you might actually bring home more money somewhere else kind of thing there's lots of things yeah. to consider I don't think that we can just slap like a raw number on this I'll get well, numbers uh, I uh, just did a quick search on glassdoor and it says average for CCNA is 71,000. Okay. All right. So I'll give you real numbers based on my experience. As a cable guy in the Philadelphia area, I made $52,000 a year. That's the most money I was able to make. It's making like $22 an hour and then every overtime holiday, anything I could grab. I think 52 I hit. Then I got my CCNA and got a job at the Knock and they paid me 62. Same area, New Jersey. So I got like a 10K pump and then I worked a night shift for a year for another eight grand. Like, you know, I got shift diff or whatever it was. Yeah. So well, I goes, see that goes into what AJ was talking about, right? The circumstance, you know? Yeah. So I went from 50 to 70 getting my CCNA, gotcha. but I had to work nights and it was awful and blah, blah, blah. So, but yeah, it's, it's an impossible question to answer, but that's, that's what I made get that's, my CCNA. A, hey, good example. Philadelphia area. Thoughts from anybody else? No, you, you guys nailed it. I got nothing to add on that. And there's, I guess the only thing I do is there's plenty of resources out there uh, to, to look up and. Sure. And different opinions you can get. So the one you can that, get your uh, CCNA, yeah, but finding a place to give you a job is a whole different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, the so. resource Dan brought up Glassdoor is a, is a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. If you're researching companies that you, you potentially want to work for, or, or wondering what other others' experience have been, that's a great one to start. Start. And, that, and that's um, an average right. over America, by the way. Right. True. So, all right. Uh, our next question comes from. Dusty via email, if money were not an issue, what would your dream job be? And he would also like to send a special roll tide up to Dan in Tennessee. You might not be able to see this, Dusty, but Dan is not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume so, that he's from Alabama. So, I, I, believe, I believe so, yeah. All right, money's not an issue. What, what's your dream job? I'm going to start by saying that this is my dream job. Yeah, I, this... I love doing the the content creator thing. Uh, I'm having an awful lot of fun doing the podcasting thing. I, I love writing articles on my blog, but it's it's a catch twenty two, right? Like I wouldn't be able to do what I do on the podcast and the blog without having my job as a senior deployment engineer for a Cisco partner, right? Like yeah. I get really great experience that I can come back here and share and be relatable mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. So it's a it's a really tough catch twenty two. Yeah, content creation has been my favorite part of my career for the past year or so, however long we've been doing this prior to this wonderfulness, I always wanted to be a fighter pilot and Hmm. parlay that into being an astronaut. My whole life wanted to be a fighter pilot turned astronaut. So that's what (laughs) interesting. Uh, Yeah. What about you, Tim? Um, I I will give the same answer of, of hanging out with you guys on a full-time basis would be cool. Um, but I will add another thing. I, I always have this, uh, this kind of fantasy is probably a dumb word, but being like a uh, a fiction writer, 
Mm. and sitting in you know a cabin in like <laughs> Vermont or something and just this this beautiful space you're looking out on and you're just getting inspiration and writing drinking coffee and hanging out i just think that would be so cool coffee awesome. now, now I, I don't have the creativity for that but whatever oh, no. have you heard our intros sure. here lately Tim? <laughs> <laughs> did you just dog on me for saying drinking coffee andy so i'm um, okay the whiskey would be in it okay most most writers are hot messes and alcoholic so i i i just i don't think you'd be drinking coffee in this cabin is all i'm saying you'd, no, you'd probably, no we, i would not we know beer would be involved <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty cool, cool though that, yeah. that's uh that's a different one i'll buy your so, book tim so i appreciate that <laughs> yeah wait what what would it be called i i i can't say it on the show oh okay <laughs> That kind of fantasy. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Tim. I warned you. Fifty oh, Shades of Tim. Oh, I got to go get my bongo. Did we get an answer from everybody? No, I haven't answered nope. yet. Uh, we got to hear Dan. If money wasn't an issue, I don't know. Like the, I think if I could merge this with like my uh, wedding video, like that, that to me would probably be a lot of fun. I, I watch a lot of like uh, YouTubers that are you know, in the, in the photography and videography realm. And I don't know. I just love nerding out on those videos going over the, yeah. over the gear and everything like that. But I think if I could be a part of like, I don't know if I'd want to be in front of the camera. Let me, let me say that. I think it would be cool to be part of a, like a media group and, but at least know what they're talking about, that kind of thing. Right. To where, I don't know, it helped me with the editing and that kind of thing. You're great on camera, Dan. You belong in, on on camera, buddy. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. All I, right. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if my southern twang is uh, accepted very well. Maybe for Dusty because he's in Alabama. So. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. All right. Uh, next, uh, Jordan has a fourth question for us. This is the, the last video question from Jordan. Jordan, thank you so much for sending these in and being a part of the show. Hey, guys. I'm wondering if you can tell me about a time when you took down prod unexpectedly and uh, how you recovered from that, uh, how your bosses, how the business has handled that and how you learned from that. I, I can, I can start with this one. So I was working on a project a few years ago. I was installing some new switches at a hospital and um, apparently it wasn't communicated to the hospital that we were doing a maintenance window that night. Um, <laughs> and we, everything was going very well until we got to the storage and, uh, I tried to move the storage links over to the new switch and they didn't come back up mm. Mm. and the VMs got all sorts of locked up and it was, it was bad. It was real, real, real bad. But, uh, we, we were able to get it figured out. We, we migrated the links back to the old switches. We had to play around cause they were configured in a port channel uh and and so yeah it took a long time but you know we we just kept working slowly at it until things started to to come back up and settle back down but yeah i took down prod at a hospital mm. luckily it wasn't like a big hospital it was kind of a really small hospital in a very rural area of the state so uh it wasn't like a level one trauma center thankfully <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty bad yeah yeah what about you tim I can't remember if I've said it on here before or not, um, but it was a uh, a completely self-inflicted wound 
and basically everything I did from start to finish was just wrong. Um, I think I was building a new switch, looking at a production switch for um, just for an example. And rather than, you know, copying a file off, looking at a file, I was, you know, on the SSH looking, got a little backwards on which switch I was on. thought I was on my Ooh. console switch, did the right erase, did the reload. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bad news. Um, but I think part of the Jordan's question was, is, is how did you react and how did the company react? And um, the first thing is, th this has been brought up multiple times. Dan has had a really good story about it. And it's uh, owning up to it, being honest, um, giving detail. I, I think what I did is I, I picked up the phone, called, and said, uh, "This happened. I did it. I'm going to go fix it." And you know that was it. There wasn't any more detail that, that needed because I had to get it taken care of. Um, but yeah, it's just being open and honest, and you just got to take what what comes because you can't try to hide it because it's gonna gonna be worse. But I, I mean it fared well i think time of day was was in my favor i hit a certain point in that area where it it was less of a big deal um so i took that as a win but yeah it was i i fared well people understood it was a mistake but owning up to it was i think the big thing and and now ever since then it's i make sure that i'm you know you change your processes after that when you get bit like that you don't want it to happen again and that's that's how you turn a mistake into a good thing and yeah, it's just being cautious and making sure I know what I'm on and double checking things. And yeah, it, it was, it was a learning experience. So for me, um, I think I've kind of beaten my, my big one to death, uh, about the, the trunk. Um, so I, but I, I do have another one and this one's pretty funny. Now this isn't network related. This is uh server related, but back when I was doing uh half system, half network, um, but it was like literally literally like a month into my job uh so i had like no real world experience or anything like that <laughs> and we had this they gave me the system now why they gave me this system i don't know because it was a pretty major system but um it was like we basically have kind of like a portal that all of our users out in all the branch offices all their apps are in this portal right i was going through all the because we, we had like a, you know, a dev, a UAT, a SIT, that kind of the different environments um, for this server. Well, I was going through all those and upgrading them, uh, doing Windows updates, that kind of stuff. And I got to the prod one and I just sent it <laughs> like in the middle of the day. <laughs> and I was like, after I did it, I got to thinking, I was like, that was the prod server. <laughs> And, uh, then my boss, you know, he came over there and he, that was, that was one where I, I kind of deserved the cussing on that one. Um, cause he was just like, what the hell, what did you just do? And I was like, man, I am terribly sorry. I know. Cause it, it was for probably around the thousand, 2000 people that weren't able to get to this portal now. Um, yeah, it that was a that was a pretty bad one. Um, now, how did I react? I mean, I, I waited <laughs> until the, the updates finished, so <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't know what I was doing, man. I didn't know what maintenance windows and stuff like that were. You know, I yeah, I I got a task to update a server, and that's what I did. So 
<laughs> looking back on it now, that was really dumb. But hey, we you know lesson learned. I didn't do it again, so <sighs> I've never broken anything. Oh, okay. Now, we've done a lot of damaging things in maintenance windows, but I don't really think that's that exciting because you're supposed to, you know, you're allowed to break stuff in maintenance windows. Like we melted our entire WAN zone in our biggest data mm. center one night, but whatever, you know. Is it a maintenance window? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no big deal. The, the, the biggest one that comes to mind, kind of like you were saying, Dan, I was brand new. I didn't know what I was doing. They had me converting hundreds of clients from old school frame relay to MPLS. And mm. I was on a roll. I probably did like 75 of them. I knew what I was doing. And I just did to this one what I did to all the other ones. And I forget the exact reason why it happened, but I overwrote. I was just using the script on everything and I didn't look at sequence numbers or something, but I overwrote the tunnels policy on a very large, very global Manhattan stock exchange company that you've all heard of whose CEO golfed with our CEO at the time, mm. which I didn't know any of this, <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> well, you know, I did the, I did the, you know, 5am was our window, I guess, during a weekday and I did it. And 24 hours later, when the, 24 hour default tunnel timer expired and the policy uh, it needed was overwritten by my new policy, which had nothing to do with the old connected. You know, uh, so I took down this office for hours um, and I sat across from the knock and they said, Hey man, I think this might've been you. And I'm like, nah, bro, that was like 24 hours ago. Like I, you know, that can't be me. That was yesterday. I didn't even know the tunnels had a timer and that you could overwrite a policy and something could break a day later. Like this, this was mm -hmm. all news to me. So, but it was scary because it was during the day and it was a big deal. And I was a contractor. I had just started the job. I had a three month old at home. This was like my first big network engineering job. And my boss, when it first broke, he's like, dude, don't worry about it. Then that night I'm sitting down, I have dinner with my family. And he's like, yeah, man, um, apparently their CEO golfs with our CEO and he called him. So you're going to be on a lot of phone calls the next two weeks. Um, oh, but, man. but, but they protected me. They could have thrown me under the bus. Like, Hey, he's, you know, they said all the right things and they protected me. And, and it was, you know, it was really cool. And, and I never did that again, Dan, like you said, it's, yeah. Yeah. When I, you're new, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, yeah, yeah, I had my CCNA. I spent two years at a knock, but you know, there's a, we're not plugging in toasters here. These are complex environments and a lot of moving parts, you know? <laughs> right. But I think like one thing I would like to make sure that the messages that comes across right is you know, we can't live in fear of messing stuff up because honestly me messing stuff up, like I remember that. And right. so I'm not going to do that again. You're going to break stuff. Yeah. And I think what you need is a management team that will protect you. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, he was new. He broke something that won't happen again. We're sorry. And that's exactly what they did, which really meant a lot. Cause I took a huge gamble leaving where I was to go to this place and yeah. two, two months in, I took down this enormous client and I was terrified. So fortunately, you know, and you can't know that in a, in an interview, right? Are you going to ask him like, Hey, I, by the way, I have no idea what I'm doing. And when I break your stuff, are you going to like protect me? <laughs> I don't you know. know. You might be able to do that. That's my, as somebody who's, who's managed and led people, I, I would prefer that you, you break stuff because you're, you're trying and you're working mm -hmm. and you're, you know, Rather than, you know, not doing anything because you're scared or you would rather just leave it to other people to do it because they're, you know, more experienced kind of thing. Like you don't get the experience if you don't try to do this stuff like this. And as long as you do your due diligence, you know, do the research, lab it and do, do your best effort, 
but if you screw it up, you screw it up and just own that, you know, like we've talked about on the show before, like just own it. Just as soon as something happens, if you know it's because of something you did, or even if you think it's because of something you did, like that would help the troubleshooting efforts, you know, like mm -hmm. bring that kind of information up. Like, Hey, I, I made this change earlier. I thought I did it this way. Maybe, and maybe it's impacting what's going on right now. Like contribute to that stuff, be a team player. Don't try to hold it in. Don't, don't, you know, don't try to hide from it. Just, just own it. And the biggest lesson I learned besides how tunnels work and that they actually have timers I didn't know about was, you know, you can get complacent. Like I had done 75 of them over the past two months without any it's impact sure, yeah. at all. Like I had it down. I knew what I was doing. It was rinse, repeat. Yeah. And I, you know, I got complacent and didn't sweat the details, you know, like mm -hmm. I should have the, the sequence that I was writing in this new, you know, in this new connection to the MPLS cloud happy to be the same sequence number of, you know, whatever the policy was, I forget, but I just, it worked in 75 other routers, but I wouldn't work in this one. Yeah. And I'm like, whoops, I use sequence 10. So today in the old tunnel, whoops. So, you know, it's a good lesson. Yeah. I'm, you know, you got to pay attention to what you're doing. To add to that a little bit though. Um, I, Andy, I'm the same exact way. I, I will never not sweat the details kind of thing ever again, because every time I've done that, something has bit me. Yep. And, uh, so I, and it's kind of funny. So I did a, you know, that ACI project here not too long ago. Um, well, the architect on that project, he, I think he was getting frustrated because he was, I was doing a screen share and we were kind of going through the config and stuff, but I was just super, like, I did so many show commands first before I put my command in and, and he's just like, come on, let's, let's, you know, get this going kind of thing. And I'm like, look, man, you just got to let me do my thing because I'm not, I do, I do not rush whenever I'm sitting there configuring things. I, I, I'm one of those where I love copy paste, but when it comes to like, depending on the, the device that I'm, I'm copying and pasting into, like if it's our Nexus cores or if it's like our firewalls or something like that, I actually don't copy and paste a lot into those. I start typing them out, make sure I hit the tab so that I'm, it's kind of like you were talking about the syntax errors and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm checking yeah. to make sure that the command I'm about to paste in there is actually going to work, you, you know, cause like if something's jacked up or I'm in the wrong, uh, what do they call that when you're in the wrong branch, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta make sure that I'm where I need to be and I'm not just going to send that code into it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you, Andy. I never again. <laughs> yeah. And because of that experience, I now look for those landmines. Like I'm expecting yeah. something to be weird somewhere and me to over, you know, which is what Tim was talking about earlier, just really getting in there and, you know, laving the hell out of it and preparing yeah. and looking under all those, you know, secret places. Like what can I break here? You know, find it, yeah. find it during the day when you're preparing. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to make the most of the mistake. Otherwise, right. it's just going to happen again, and then you look bad when it happens again and again and again. And it's harder yeah. and harder to defend that guy. Why did you do it oh, again? Oh, yeah. Right. You're not as – you know, you don't look as reliable at that point, right? Like if if you're – if you're, a, lot of, a lot of misses here. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I don't know. All right. That's, that's a good question, though. One. I like that one. Yeah, that was a really good question. Uh, so this one comes from Karithi on Twitter. They say, hey there, I would like to know about how a fresher in the industry, so someone just starting out, uh, and he gives the specific example that in his case, he's a uh, uni student with a fresh CCNA, got a very impressive score, uh, and he, they have a year or more to graduate. 
he's wondering how is somebody like him going to start off, right? Like what's the starting point for a complete noob? And, um, you know, they've just never worked anywhere. They've got their CCNA. They're, they're going to be out of college soon. What's, what's the beginning look like for them? He has a year left. Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should do a damn internship now while he's in there. Yeah. yeah that actually yeah, would be absolutely. nice. Get his feet just, wet. I was actually going to answer that question with a question when on, with your guys's opinions, if you're in that position, internship or right out of school and, and you're just trying to get into it, is any experience bad experience? I don't think so. Just I think, to get going? I think, you yeah. know, because we, you know, we've talked to people who work in the help desk and uh, it, it depend and it, it, it's th- that word depends, you know, we, it's a, it's, it's a, our favorite. It's a, it's a major <laughs> IT term um, because it depends, right? If you, if you can find a job in a help desk, you know, it, but you're in the mindset that you want to go into network engineering. Well, guess what? If you're in that position, you, you have access to all these tickets, right? And a lot, I don't know about everyone else's scenarios, but a lot of times with tickets, when someone solves it, they put in the ticket, what was the problem and how they fixed it kind of thing. So right there, you kind of have like an information system that, you know, has a bunch of problems and answers, you know? So I think that's a good position to be in. Plus you're, you're dealing, you know, if a user calls you you and they're like, Hey, I can't get on the Wi-Fi." you know, well now you're actually troubleshooting a network issue, whether, you know, you're really thinking about it or not, but that you're, you're trying to figure that out. Uh, so I think a help desk is a perfect place to start you're you're not you're not the one who has to sit there and fix everything but you're at least kind of watching what's going on so you, and then if you like uh i'm trying to remember who it was was it eugene that he's in the help desk but he uh, also has a network team that he like they show him stuff every once in a while yep. was that yeah. eugene yeah yep um so th- and that's perfect right because you you already you're fully employed there you know, and you get to see the environment, but then also you've got people, you've got connections in the team that are willing to show you like, Hey, this is how, you know, that problem that you called in, you put a, you open a ticket for us. This is how we solved it. And like, sh- you know, show the interface and that kind of thing. And I, I mean, I think that's excellent starting out uh, experience yeah, right there, I agree. but yeah, I'm going to echo that Dan. I, I think starting out, you you need to be cognizant of the opportunities that are yeah. available. Um, I, I will admit I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I got out of school. I had this you know networking knowledge pounded into my brain for multiple years, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out and do this thing right away. And and I was a little miff that I I couldn't find a job mm-hmm. uh, getting straight into networking because I had zero experience, which was legit. I did not. Uh, so I got into a place where uh, I had experience on the end user computing side. And as you all know, I'm still with that company. And and one of the biggest things about that was, is I was the boots on the ground at all the different facilities. I learned the facilities. I learned the business. And then when I got the opportunity to get onto the network team, I already knew where data closets were. I already knew the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. It just It just helped. So I think it's important to you know, really grasp the opportunities, especially early on that are out there and just soak it in. Ask the, like Andy says, ask the thousand questions, be curious because back to your Eugene statement, Dan, is he's getting noticed every day because he cares Mm -hmm. and he's, and he's trying to learn. He's, people are never going to forget him. Yeah. So it's just make the most of those opportunities, whatever they are. 
And here's another thing too, is like, if you, if you get in a place and you're able to like in my scenario right now, I feel like I was a little bit lucky in that I got a position straight into the, you know, infrastructure team basically. Um, but with that being said, you know, I was still, I didn't come in and they expected me to just know everything. Right. I was kind of like a junior, I guess you would say. And so one the, one of the first things I started doing is walking the network. Right. You know, I, I just, I went from the core switch, show CDP neighbor, and then I started drawing everything and I just started digging into that. Right. And I, I that's awesome. I don't know if that answers part of his question or not, but it, if you start doing that, you start learning how to navigate a network and like CDP or, you know, whatever, depending on, you know, which vendor they have, but <laughs> good stuff, fellas. Uh, Wait a minute. next question. Oh, the knock, mm -hmm. the knock. My answer for them on, you know, where am I going to go? Where should I go? And I know it's, I know it's, I'm saying that because it's where I came from, but I almost think that everybody should spend at least six months in a knock. But as a new guy coming out of school, you get exposed to so many different issues, so many different problems, so many different vendors, stuff's broken, stuff's impaired. Uh, it's, it's just a really good environment. You get that network engineer title or network something. In your title, I think for somebody coming out of school, I mean, if you can go right into infrastructure build like Dan rock on, you know, um, I, I needed a little leapfrog step before that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the knock was just a great, great learning experience. So look at the knock, whoever that, yeah, I, I would say a knock is a lot like a help desk, but like on steroids, right? right? Like you're still yeah. getting, yeah. you're still getting tickets in you're triaging, but it's, it's usually more infrastructure network focused mm. stuff that you're, you're dealing with. Not, I can't print or I can't see my cat <laughs> videos. You know, it's, yeah. it's actual like a uh, real, real, uh, or more specific network infrastructure. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Sorry, Jen, I didn't mean to step on you. I just wanted to get the, I, I'm sorry. No, I, I think that was to, a, I didn't I mean think to that was perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, next question. We're, we're coming down to the end here, fellas. There's only three left. So uh, this right. one comes from Andre. He uh, commented on a post on LinkedIn. He said, do you feel pressure to be good or perform well now that the podcast is listened to by a bigger audience than you expected? And he goes on to say, does it feel more like a job than fun at this point? Uh, I'll jump right out the gate and say that this is so much fun. Uh, and the fact that more people are listening to it than we anticipated doesn't uh, hurt me or, or phase me in the, in the least. I, that gets me more excited that we have more people listening to this thing than we thought. Every time I, I check the download numbers and it just seems to keep jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping. And it's, it's really motivating that like we're, we're doing something that people are enjoying. They're learning something from it. Um, I, I don't feel any more pressure to, to be better or, or, you know, I'm just going to continue to be me and, you know, hopefully that's enough kind of thing, right? Like I'm not going to try to be somebody I'm not because I think part of the biggest success that we've seen from this show is because of how authentic we are. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I make failures, I'm going to talk about it. If I have successes, I'll talk about that too and, and share my strategy on how I was successful with whatever. But, you know, more, more importantly, I just want to be transparent and authentic with, with the audience about what my experience is, you know, doing what I do. I guess I'll go next. Um, yeah, so I definitely have felt the pressure of, okay, maybe I need to start getting more certs and, and whatnot since this is kind of like what our podcast is about. Um, not necessarily certs, but it's like that's a major part of our of our field, right? And and I think, you know, the reason why I haven't really pursued certs and whatnot is because my current job 
you know, they, they don't really care about them. Uh, so I haven't had that motivation, I guess that in that sense, but now that I've been doing this with you guys, so I guess this kind of goes back to our, that other question about, you know, who, who's had a big impact on your learning journey journey. And I will say this community, because I don't know, it, it, I, I feel like I need to, <clears throat> you know, you guys were talking about rest out last, last week. Right. And some days I feel like I I've hit that right. Where I, I don't feel mentally stimulated as much anymore because I, I, I kind of, you know, I've, I've known this network for nine years, so I know it like the back of my hand, it's, it's like a roller coaster. So some days, you know, I feel like I'm in a low where it's like, I'm not learning anything new. I'm not working on some new fun project or something, but then all of a sudden, you know, we start upgrading a lot of things and we get new devices and, you know, new vendors. And it's like, now I'm trying to learn all this stuff at once kind of thing. So I, I, I definitely get hit by that. And I think now I'm like ready to start going into more like certifications and whatnot. And I, and I feel like being on this podcast, I need to have the creds to back up being in front of people. Uh, I don't know. That's just me, but, and then also the, let's see here. Does it feel more like a job? It, it, can feel like a job when our audio gets screwed up <laughs> and, I, and I have to spend hours cutting and chopping it up and in, in post, but just no. fix it in post. Dan. Yeah. Just fix it in post. Um, but no, it's definitely fun. This is fun. It, it, it doesn't feel like a job. It doesn't. I, I was just playing because we've the last two weeks we've had, uh, we've had some audio issues. And so it's just been like a nightmare <laughs> editing. <laughs> So. You read my you read my mind, Dan. So Dan's been editing the show as of late, which I really appreciate, Dan, because it had been feeling like a job to me, and it wasn't. It was just wearing on me. You know, we spend whatever it is, like an hour and a half, two hours here sometimes, and then it would take me another, you know, two hours to get it all edited and out the door, and it was just kind of wearing on me. Um, so the the editing felt like a job. So I really appreciate Dan picking it up and kicking butt with it. You know, I don't think there's like pressure to perform for me that there's a bigger audience, but I feel like it's kind of changed. I don't want to say changed the dynamic, but like, for instance, there was a time period for us where we were coming up with topics five minutes before we recorded. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being fully transparent with the audience. I did not like how that felt the bigger the audience got because yeah. Yeah. I felt like the audience is invested they're telling us how much this means to them and they love it. And I don't feel like we're putting the proper care into coming up with content for them. Like, you know, at one point it just can't be a couple of people sitting around talking shop. Like I think we should provide, you know, some value. So I would say yes, that the bigger the audience has got for me, it just changed the feeling because I want this to be good. I want people to keep that feeling of like they're getting something from it. And just for me, it felt like we were phoning it in at one point. Now I must say that Right around the time Tim came on board, there was like this fresh fire litness and we scheduled topics, you know, out months now. And I, for what it can do for me is now I have some time to like research stuff and like, okay, mm -hmm. like we have a topic coming up I'm not familiar with. So like, I'm going to spend some time and do some research and dig around because I want to be able to bring something useful to the table and not just be like, how'd you do that? Or you got kids or, you know, the old jokes that I used to throw <laughs> around because I said the same thing every episode, like it's gotten bigger. People are. You know, so there, ha there is a momentum that's built. It makes it feel a little different to me, but I think we're the same authentic guys doing the same show 
you know, I, the only difference is I just want this to improve and get better and better. I mean, now like sponsors are interested in this. We've, we had a sponsored episode, which is going to help us help the community. We have more sponsors approaching us. Like for me, this isn't the time to let it just fall apart or not be good or phone it in. I, and we all have been doing this. We're all putting in more and more effort and more and more work to keep this thing growing so that we can reach more and more people, you know, the 90,000 downloads or whatever. I mean, it, I'm just amazed at the growth and oh, yeah. I want to, I want to, I, I, I want people to keep enjoying this and we're doing a lot of behind the scenes work now to, you know, to keep that move. I'm really excited for what's coming up the next few months. Like the fact that we're planned out a few months and, and I look at that calendar and I'm like, this is going to be really cool. Like now I'm excited, you know, <laughs> where before I'm like, damn, we still don't have a topic. We're starting in 15 minutes. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who's going to be on this thing. Is anybody <laughs> like who's coming on? Who isn't? So I don't know. I just, I, I like where we're at and, and where we're going. So it's a really good question, you know, by Andre. Yeah. The, the Tim? pressure for me has been trying to find my place. Hmm. So, Oh, you found you guys. Yeah. <laughs> right, man. right in the front on those intros. <laughs> so in all seriousness, seriousness, you guys had an established brand um, when I started coming around and I felt like I, I was auditioning and, and I need to be completely transparent. I, I've never gotten pressure from these guys. They've been nothing but supportive, but I felt that I felt the need to perform and to get this right because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I've never done anything like this before. Neither do we. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. You're in good company. Right there with so, so yeah, it was, it was really just, just trying to, to find my place and, and make the decision that these guys had to, offer me a spot on here, make it the right one. So that's been the pressure. I think some of that is kind of going away. Um, I do still get the, uh, the, the kind of heart palpitations when we start the beginning of the episodes. And, and I almost kind of hope that doesn't go away because that, that I think makes it exciting and fresh and, and all that. But yeah, the, there was pressure for me and it'll be interesting. I think we should uh, ask that question again a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah Andy, I'll, I'll echo what you said. Like, it doesn't feel like a job, but I, I think that we kind of mistook, like, what our, our secret sauce was. Like, our secret sauce is the off-the-cuff. It sounds like you're having a conversation with a beer at a bar, and, and those conversations typically aren't planned. And we're not planning the conversations. We don't plan stuff down. We don't even do bullet points. But to have a topic that we're going to discuss and, you know, know going into it, that, that surely helps. And you know, I've had a lot of fun planning this episode to ask us anything. Uh, we're not wrapping up yet. We got two more questions, but it's it's been a lot of fun uh, getting the interactions from the fans by email. You know, getting the video recordings, the audio recordings. It, it's so much fun. I I can tell we're definitely going to do this kind of stuff again in the future, and at, oh, at yeah. some point we're probably going to do the live. I think a live one too. would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but no, I I mean. It still feels fun, no matter how much work you know we're putting into it. It just feels fun, and seeing the download numbers, the reaction from the community, the support that we're getting, just and even within the community, the how people like lift each other up, like mm -hmm. that's that's a huge success. That's the kind of stuff that motivates us and keeps us going. And I, I think as long as we have all that, it's never going to feel like a job. You know, I agree. Well put. Awesome. All right. Uh, the. Penultimate question here is going to be a video comes from Ethan Jackson over in the UK. I will play it for you now. 
Hi, AJ, and the other co-host of the Art of Network Engineering. It's Ethan here from across the pond over in the UK. I'd just like to first of all congratulate you on the huge milestone of the 50 episodes. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to all of the guests that you've had on, listening to their stories and their journeys. So again, I'd just like to say a huge thank you from my perspective. My question to yourself and all of the other co-hosts is, what is the proudest achievement that you've had since starting the art of network engineering? Hmm. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> we're, we're all like... Uh, <laughs> That's a great question. I, it is. I mean, I, I don't know. So one thing is able to do giveaways, right? Giving back to the community. That's one yeah. of the main reasons we started this thing. And the fact that, you know, people, you know, bought merch or, you know, donated or anything like that, or we've had sponsors and stuff, but we're able to give back to the community. And I, I, that's awesome. But I think that my, the, the favorite, the, the cream of the crop here is when we bring people on this show and they talk about their stories, I don't care who it is, right? It can be someone who's at the tip top architect of this and that you bring them in here and we're like, all right, where did you get started at? You know? And they're like, I worked at this grocery store and then I got in, you know, <laughs> I did my CCNA or whatever. And, and I, you know, started in a knock or, you know, whatever help desk. They all started from like the same, you know, roughly the same kind of job title. And right. That is so awesome because I think that helps the community, them hearing someone who's that, that far into their career say, oh yeah, you know, I was stocking shelves at a grocery store and then I turned into this and uh, it just took off from there and hearing, and hearing their secret sauce, I guess, I, I think that's my favorite because, you know, AJ, you, you share a lot of like fan mail and stuff like that. And by far that seems to be the most, the, the biggest thing that we hear is, Hey, this, this episode, their story related, I relate to that so much. And that's helped me through, you know, whatever that, that person is going through. And the fact that we're kind of a platform to allow that to happen. That's my, I, I feel very accomplished mm. that we've been able to do that. So sorry, long story short, uh, the, the, the fact that we've reached out to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the fact that the, uh, that it, the show is tied to the discord community is is what does it to me i i think that mm. i think that was genius from the beginning uh to not just go into it as we're going to do a podcast we're going to do a radio show but to have it tied to a base of of people that's just growing and helping each other and making discussions and there's people in that channel having live or not live but having real discussions about the show mm -hmm. so you provided that platform as well uh to just allow the the podcast to expand i think was was genius from the beginning i think that's the biggest thing for me that's awesome andy what's our biggest accomplishment since starting the podcast right is that the question yeah yeah what we feel like our biggest what, accomplishment what's, is what's your favorite since we started thing that you've accomplished uh that's a different question um <laughs> well it says we've that we've accomplished so i guess as a group i mean the first thing i thought is just that we've been able to give voices to people who mm -hmm. may have not had them otherwise um you know you can you can be on twitter or linkedin or even have a blog that you write on but to me it's just i don't know if it's the chemistry of our of our team or exactly what is going on here <laughs> but um the conversations we have with people have just been um 
I don't know, man. They've been something else. It's something I haven't seen. You know, I've been I've been in and around this industry for I don't know, close to a decade, I guess, and I haven't run into anything like this. Um, so I think it's interesting that I still can't put my finger on exactly what it is. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure why this is such a you know positive thing for people, but get, giving voices to people that like Bo, for instance, he just comes to mind for whatever reason. Like, you know, yeah. here's a guy starting from scratch, starting over his whole world got turned upside down. And just because of he's on the discord and he came on the podcast and we were able to help him with some gear. And like, I think the biggest accomplishment is just that we're able to help people, mm-hmm. whether it's helping them on their commute, keep them entertained, or whether it's getting them some gear or a book or a voucher or some training material, or, you know, just kind of keeping them going in their journey of like, you know what? I, We've gotten so much, like you always forward us the fan mail that we get, which is just so humbling. And then I get a ton of stuff, you know, DMs and LinkedIn. And like, I'm just amazed at how many people keep reaching out, thanking us and saying it's helping them because this is a lot of fun for us. Like I, like Dan said, this is one of the highlights of my week. I mean, I'm on a family vacation hiding in another room to do this because (laughs) I really want to be with you guys and do this. And our 50th episode is a big deal. I didn't want to miss this. No, but the fact that we're giving people voices that might not have them otherwise, and the fact that we're able to help people and we just get all this thanks of like, thanks for helping me. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just such a sense of gratification for me. It, it, it keeps me going, you know, knowing that this is making a difference. Like, it, I think all any of us want to do is like make a difference in the world. And, you know, I'm not trying to give more weight to this than there is, but all the feedback we get, people are telling us we're helping them. So like, yeah. what could be better than that, you know, for me? Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that the, the biggest accomplishment is the one we didn't plan for. You know, like I, I never I never thought that a podcast would help people in the ways that it is helping people. I'm I'm extremely thankful that people are getting these messages from us and, and they are like using these takeaways to better themselves and, and get excited about what they're doing and, you know, take their careers to the next level. Um it's it's it wasn't the intent from the beginning, you know, we never sat down in a planning meeting and said, you know, we're going to change people's lives. You know, that was, that was never anything that we said. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure uh, you the, sent me that text message. I, <laughs> I'm sure we're, I'm sure we're way over, but because it's an ask us anything, I have to ask you, and I may have asked you this before, but I don't remember your answer. Why did you start a network engineering podcast? Like you started all this, like why, what was your intent? What did you set out to accomplish? Like seeing what it's become in the past year, the past 50 episodes, what was that initial seed? Why? I mean, we were just study buddies in the study group and you yeah. came up with the pot. Like why, what, what did you? Um, I, I saw a gap and, and I, I felt like there, there was a lot of people on social media that you know, they got their CCIEs, they got the CCD, they got tons of certs, they're super successful. And then, you know, there's everybody else in, in between. And I, I wanted to share their stories. I wanted to share the common, the common person stories. And, yeah. and it's not to say that the common person can't be the CCIE, but like you, everybody starts somewhere and there's a journey that you take. You, you know, there, there was something that somebody said to me and, and that's where the name of the Discord came from. It's all about the journey. I had just got done... Uh, publicly posting about another failure of, of the router, the T-shoot exam. And somebody said to me, it's all about the journey. And that was just this like, <laughs> you know, like it really <laughs> is about the journey. You know, like if, if you just go in there and you fail or, or if you just go in there and you pass, like you don't appreciate it as much passing on the first time as you do failing and learning from it, studying a little bit harder. You know, you don't appreciate 
putting a new switch into service or performing a maintenance window without screwing something up. You know, that's when you learn. That's when mm-hmm. the learning takes place. And sharing the failures, sharing your experience makes those failures like, okay, you know, it's, it's like normalizing failure. And that's, that's what I wanted to do from the beginning, you know, like from my Twitter presence, from my blog, like I just wanted to share my raw experience and, you know, like having the podcast takes that to the next level. And there's a number of other podcasts that have influenced, you know, I think this podcast and um, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to see those influences come out in the future. But I just want to share people's stories and, you know, the, the conversations that we were having in the study group, it, it already felt like a podcast. And then it's like, I, I have this idea. Do you guys want to try this <laughs> yeah. kind of thing? So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're definitely, we're doing a lot more than I thought we would be doing. And we're definitely accomplishing what I had hoped to and, and still tons and tons more. I'm super thankful to have you guys uh, here helping and supporting and, and doing this thing with me. And, and thank you for accepting my crazy idea because <laughs> um, it's it's crazy like i can't believe we're recording episode 50 i can't believe we're yeah. about to hit a hundred thousand downloads um it's nuts that's wild very cool and uh i think with that that's a, a great segue into the last question i saved this one for for last for a reason uh this one comes from chris randall uh who recently had some success and and shared he got his first network engineering job on twitter he commented do you all realize just how much of an impact you have had in so many people's lives? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to answer. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. If it says anything to the three, uh, what you did and what you started is the reason I'm sitting here now and wanted to sit here now and, and uh, kind of not subconsciously, I knew what I was doing, but I, I took that my, my first episode when I came on here, I took that as an audition because I, I knew that I wanted to be part of this. And I said, if I'm going to get a chance to come back, I'm going to use this as, as the stepping stone. And so, yeah, that what you guys did from the beginning um, drew me in, drew me to want to write on the website. And it, it's not doing it just for me. It's doing it for, <laughs> you know, how however many people we have in the Discord and how many downloads we have. It's, yeah, it, it has, I know it sounds corny, and I, I think I brought it up in my episode too, but it is, it has been a, a life-changing thing. You guys have done things back to the, the lab with Bo. Um, it, it's not, it's actual tangible things that have been done. So it's, it's incredible, guys. Yeah, I can say it's not something I think about usually, but because we get so much, you know, mail, we, we, we get hit up on all the socials and, and LinkedIn and the Discord group and, and the download numbers as well. Like it just... There's all this evidence, right, that it does mean something to people. So that's just, it's very humbling. And I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, the, the people are getting value out of this because it's just fun as hell for us. But yeah. the fact that there's this ancillary benefit that it's making an impact, just wow. Like what a wonderful unplanned, <laughs> you know, side well, effect of this. But here's another thing too, Andy, about that is like, you know, when we have these guests on and, and they talk about, you know, what, whatever their journey was like, I've, I mean, I relate to some of theirs. So this is, you know, as much as an impact this might be making to other people, it's also making an impact to myself. I've, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Like when we have Brittany on, you know, we, I was like, Oh, okay. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. And having like, we had open gear, that's another thing, you know, we were talking about, uh, 
accomplishments like getting a sponsor like we we went from this idea of you know we were a study group and we're like why don't we just talk about this stuff and and see other people's journeys to now we just had our first sponsored episode you know two weeks ago um that's crazy but you know that was i i learned in that in that uh, so, so yeah. this is, this is me learning too. Like <laughs> I, I'm having fun and learning this. So I learned from you guys that. all the time, but oh, then, yeah. yeah, each and every guest we have, like this is, I mean, I guess selfishly, right. For us, like, we're, we're learning along with everybody else listening, yeah. right. Which is kind of cool. Like, yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of like what I'm trying to say is it, I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here thinking that I know everything and yada, yada, yada. Like I'm, I'm. I'm sitting in the audience with them, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, I just happen to be right here. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. so cool on Wednesday, uh, when we had, uh, some issues with the audio and we didn't get the show out right away. We actually had somebody pop up that was like, Hey, y'all got one of those episodes yeah. coming up. <laughs> I, it's just cool that, that somebody, you know, called it out. Hey, yeah. supposed to come out at six o'clock in the morning. Where are you at? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, driving in the office. What's up? I got nothing to listen yeah. to. Come on. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you're talking about taking ownership. I'll take ownership of that. <laughs> <laughs> it won't happen again. We're sorry. <laughs> right. Don't yeah. hate me. <laughs> awesome. Um, guys, this has been super fun. Um, thank you so much to the listeners for sending in your questions. Uh, you, you can bet we will absolutely do this again. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe before another 50 episodes, but 50 episodes felt like the right time to do it. Um, and, and I, I definitely feel like we're going to do that live streaming episode here, maybe in the not too distant future. Uh, cause we, we love, we love the interactions from people on social media. So why not do it while we're trying to record one of these things? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Andy, uh, has me a believer of that idea now i i want in on that now the right. call-in show yep <laughs> oh boy here we go we'll do <laughs> we don't we don't have posts to save us though <laughs> I, I can't fix it in the post <laughs> all right yeah. awesome uh you guys thank you so much this has been an incredible journey um i'm so happy that we've hit 50 um, I, I've been told many times that 50 is like this milestone episode for a podcast. Like usually mm. by episode 50, if this thing is going to work, uh, then you're going to cruise right on through 50 and keep on going with the momentum you've got. And sometimes some podcasts starting out don't even make it to episode 50. So we've made it and I feel like we have a ton of momentum behind us that's going to keep us cruising forward. Um, I've filled a couple of slots uh, on our calendar. We've got some exciting guests coming up here in August and September. Uh, and, and so, you know, we're, we're planning that far out now, you know, and, and I'm super excited and proud to be saying that we're looking that far ahead, uh, and, and trying to pull together some good content for our listeners. We super appreciate you, uh, your support, all the shout outs we get from fans, the, the merch purchases, um, all of that goes right back into the community, you know, you know, and it goes right back into this podcast so we can help create better content and, and bring you more exciting stuff. So. Thank you so much, everybody. Guys, any any final words to, to put a bow in this thing? I do want to reiterate the thanks for the questions. We wanted to do this episode, this Q&A episode, so bad. And if you guys didn't send anything in, that would have been pretty sad. <laughs> so the, the amount of questions we got um, and the, the quality of the questions we got, th this was awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 
Yeah, this was and, a lot and of if fun. you you meant to send in a question, you didn't send it in. Send it in. Maybe we'll do like a mailbag portion of the episode. Uh, hmm. Definitely, we, we want to hear from people. I appreciate that there is no personally directed embarrassing questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for keeping it professional. <laughs> I don't know. That one guy was asking, you know, when you're old, uh, how do you? <laughs> Andy, I love you, man. <laughs> I'm going to start submitting questions, Dan, as anonymous. Like, <laughs> yeah. y'all, when you're trying to get your keyboard, you can't get to it because your belly's in the way. <laughs> that happened to you or is that just me? This question is directed to Dan Howdy Packet. <laughs> I don't know why I got a Southern accent. <laughs> uh, oh just having fun, folks. Just having fun. <laughs> just for the record, I can reach my keyboard. Um <laughs> Well, there's no no other way to end an episode like this on a note like that. So thank you and see ya. Just fix it and post. Hey, everyone. This is AJ. If you like what you heard today, then make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Smash that bell icon to get notified of all of our future episodes. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Art of NetEng. That's Art of N-E-T-E-N-G. You can also find us on the web at artofnetworkengineering.com, where we post all of our show notes. You can read blog articles from the co-hosts and guests, and also a lot more news and info from the networking world. Thanks for listening. <laughs>